Welcome to the Inquisitive Tourist. My name is Nate Ralph and thank you for joining me. For those of you already listening, welcome back. And if this is your first episode, welcome to the ever-growing community of listeners worldwide. Now, as of today, we're in 77 countries, and I'd like to ask each of the listeners today a big favour. If you enjoy this episode, please, please, could you just share it with one friend, one person? It would be awesome if you could spread the word. Really want to get the show now into 80 countries. Now, have you ever walked by an abandoned building and had the urge to know what's inside? When we see places that have been left by human influence for many, many years, sometimes it can fill us with awe and wonderment. Well, my guest today goes one step further than that by actively seeking out abandoned places, often in very difficult to reach GPS locations. Locations that are often unknown to the majority of humanity. He's part of the Urbex community of people who love doing these things. His stories, I think, are going to leave you speechless. His name is Greg Abandoned. Greg, welcome to the show. Hi, Nate. Yeah, hey. Thank you for having me on the podcast. That was that was great intro. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much, man. So, well, thank you for coming on. Now, is your surname actually Abandoned? Is your name actually Greg Abandoned? And also, where are you speaking to us from today? Um, I have abandoned England and moved to China, <laughs> hence... Hence, uh, you know, I uh, I'm Greg Abandoned. No, my uh, my name is uh, Greg, but my last name remains a secret for now. You see, the reason for it is when you do uh, the things that I do, sometimes you get in trouble, and um, you could get in trouble with law in certain countries. For example, in China, there are no trespassing laws. So it's um, everything that I do here is legal, but you can get in trouble with your employer um, if they maybe do not know what uh, what you know what 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 you do. I mean, my current employer does, but my previous didn't. <laughs> well, <laughs> who, that's who, a difference. Who is your current employer? Then? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if I can ask that on air, but uh, well, I. Um... I might be called what's the the least boring math teacher ever. I see, essentially I teach uh, calculus. I teach um, I prepare students to go uh, to students who want to apply uh, to university. Ah, I teach them math. Wow! And I work in international schools, mm-hmm. which means I can work around the world and enjoy the local holidays and our holidays. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it would uh, it, it does allow me to travel and and do what I do. Mm, wow. Well, that's a surprise for me because uh, I was actually a math teacher mm. myself for a couple of years. So, yeah, I, I know all about, you know, <laughs> yeah. calculus, differential <laughs> equations, first order, partial differential equations. And wow. Man. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's wow. pretty amazing. I, I hope. I hope we're not going to talk about math because the moment I leave school, I leave all that behind. (laughs) No, no, no. If we start talking about maths, I think all the listeners will just drop off and I think the show will just die immediately because, you know, it's it's probably, it's one of those subjects that, you know, you either love it or you literally Mm. just don't get it. I think the majority of mankind just don't understand maths, do they, you know? And they, or they think that maths is like a just sort of number crunching, which it totally isn't at university level, but that's... I know, I know, I know. Oh, wow. Wow, that's that's pretty yeah. awesome. But um, 
well, obviously that that already tells me that you're you've got a very sort of a highly analytical mind. So that's I wonder how that ties in actually as well to what you do. Um, you know, from like a young lad as well, were you always quite inquisitive in in the things that you would do? Like, would you go places and think, "What's that? What's this? What's you know?" Were you always asking questions? I was always curious. I was so curious, and I always seek adventure. I was always out. Um, you know, I, I was born in '84, so my childhood was like pre-computers. Uh, it, we, I was just constantly playing football outside, or mm. or just looking for things to do outside. And I used to read uh, this series of books based on Alfred Hitchcock's, like Free Detectives. Can't exactly remember what was the was the name, but it was like free detective stories, and it was about those boys who would get into different troubles, and they would always find some sort of case they try to, uh, some sort of mystery that they would uh, try to unpick what happened. And I feel like from the young age, uh, I was, uh, yeah, that kind of like shaped me into being a person who is very curious and maybe creative in, in, in that way. And later on, I must say, um, I had, this might come as like, this would actually, if, if you've just heard that I was a math teacher and, uh, and what I'm going to say next, it would make total sense. I went uh, pretty heavily into like gaming when I was uh, later on in my teens. And I was obsessed with this game called Fallout. And this game was based on uh, post-apocalyptic world and essentially i i kind of get a little bit obsessed i i i seem to go into things uh, 120 miles per hour i never i never go you know 60 percent. i always go 100 percent or more into something and um yeah i must say this like weirdly saying and i i i i'm conscious how nerdy i sound right now i got really obsessed with this video game and ever since that, I really enjoyed any sort of post-apocalyptic themes. So Mad Max movies or the Wool Trilogy books or the uh, Cormac McCarthy, The Road, Book of Eli, those kind of things. Um, and, um, and I must say, when I go to those abandoned places, it kind of like feels, feels like those, those themes. That's just uh, wow! Already, we're a few, few minutes into the podcast. I could listen to you forever, man. That was mm. that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was really kind of trying to get into your world there and imagine, uh, you know, mm. how, how how you would be like as a younger guy getting into all those things. Now, so yeah, because I wanted to obviously ask you, how did you get into urbex? And for the listeners, they they might be thinking again, what the heck is urbex? So the definition, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. So obviously, I googled this, so I guess it's correct. Um, is the exploration <laughs> of man-made structures usually abandoned ruins or hidden components of the man-made environment. So how did you get into this and, and why the fascination? Yeah, this is a very common question. Yeah, Urbex um, has urban exploration. So you explore, um, you can maybe infiltrate certain places that maybe you're not supposed to technically go there. There are many categories. People do rooftoping. They go on top of the buildings. Some people do drains. Um, and, and some people do abandoned places. I mainly focus on those. How do I get involved with this? It's a, 
It's a bit of a, a sad story at the beginning, really. Mm. I um, I was living in London and working in a public school. And you know what? I kind of just uh, fell into the trap of, of, of a regular life. And I totally understand, you know, if you have a family and your kids give you, like, they, they, it's the mean, like, kind of meaning of, of your life. And, but I feel like sometimes we forget about our, our dreams and it's very easy to fall into that trap of like just kind of like regular life. Mm. And obviously on obviously with, when, when you have, when you have children and you have a job and all that stuff, I understand that your priority shifts and you might not really have time. And I, um, I, I was in relationship for, uh, since very young age, since I was 20, in one relationship for 12 years. And uh, we did all the regular things. You know, we um, tried to, you know, finish university, uh, find jobs, uh, buy the house and buy the cat. <laughs> and the one on, and, 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 uh, and the one thing, um, that was maybe next would be to start a family. Mm. But, um, but I feel like with many young people who get into relationship and maybe they only have been in one, one long one, um, people who are 20 and people who are 32, I think your mindset is a little bit different. You are not the same person. You're not the same person. Mm. And you, you, you grow apart. And certainly this is what happened to me. And I got divorced. Mm. And this was, uh, I would say this was a big event in my life. Uh, almost something that shook all my, I mean, everything um, to do with me. Um, I never saw myself uh, not with that person. So all of a sudden I had so many insecurities and so many questions of like, how, what do I do now? How do I do it? All of a sudden, you know, there's, uh, we, we bought an apartment and it's now mine and I have to pay for it. Mm. And there's so many things that just totally like uh, a volcano exploded in my life. And, and what do you do now? And at the same time, I met my neighbor. And it's funny how I, you almost never talk to your neighbors these days. Or maybe it's just me. No, no, it's true. And all of a, su- and, and all of a sudden, I, I, I had this feeling of like talking to, you know, the need to talk to more people. Because mm. I, I was just all, my, all by myself. And I did this uh, mistake of kind of isolating myself more and more. So with, I felt like with every year, I end, uh, ended up having more Xbox games on my shelf and less friends. And towards the end, Nate, I mean, I, it was just me. Honestly, it was just me, now, no one else. And, um, and so I met this guy from downstairs and... Um, I'll be honest with you. He he looked a little bit like a wreck, this guy. And when we added each other on Facebook, the first thing that I noticed uh, was how handsome he used to be. Mm. His pictures, I, I was like, "Whoa, it's amazing!" And I figured, I, 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 and so one day I, I went to his place downstairs, brought some beers, and we started chatting. 
And I just said to him, like, man, like Andy, what 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 happened to you? Because <laughs> like I'm so I'm, I'm sorry, like because you you've been I, I've seen your pictures and then I mean look at yourself now. <laughs> I mean I know <laughs> that's I, hilarious. I know, so you actually know, said right? that to essentially a stranger. That's, no, I, 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 I did. I, I did. I did. No, I mean, it you, wasn't man. our first meeting. No. I wasn't the first meeting, it was, but it was maybe third. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you obviously felt you had a rapport, so that's that's a cool thing that you got you got onto that level so quickly. Yeah, and you know, and he actually opened up to me and he said that he himself. Um, went through divorce, but he turned into drinking and smoking uh, weed, mm. and um, and yeah, and what was in front of me was was this guy who was maybe um, feeling a little bit lost and feeling sorry for himself, and I honestly, and that moment, um, or there was something else that was happening, but I will get to that in a moment. But that moment was where I realized, you know what? I mean, maybe this is a little bit selfish, but I, I was just, I, I cannot be this guy. Mm. That's what I thought to myself. Mm. I cannot turn into him. I cannot like feel sorry for myself. I don't want this event to define who I am. Mm. And at the same time, at my school, this IT technician that we had this new guy came in. And guess what? When I walked to his office, he had Fallout, this game, Fallout 3 poster above his desk. And we were instantly friends, instantly. We were just, we were constantly like in each other's life. Um, and uh, this guy, um, um, he was trying to find a job abroad in Spain, so I knew that at some stage he will be leaving. And I um I asked him if he ever wanted to go to Chernobyl. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> uh, because you know, at, at the time, at the time <laughs> I was um you see, I was always into this kind of post-apocalyptic uh, themes. Mm. So I was I was watching other explorers posting pictures and and reading articles about uh, you know people exploring those forbidden places but i never knew like how mm. how people do this how they find this mm. this is kind of impossible who are those people um and i um i read somewhere that you can actually um take a tour in in chernobyl and you it, it's like kind of like a private tour and they will show you around for two days or you can customize it and and go for for more days and um yeah he was very receptive to that message to that proposition and we decided to uh, to go i actually flew to barcelona to meet him because he already emigrated to uh, to spain, spain yeah. and this was and this was like um kind of like a last thing because his girlfriend who was pregnant was joining him very soon as well. And he felt like this was going to be like a last fun time he's going to have. Mm. And it probably would be one of my uh, last times I would see him because I already knew that I would be m moving to China. And, um, and yeah, we went to Chernobyl and I'm a, and honestly, that was the time. That was the moment that changed my life. It was literally a light switch moment mm, there's just, when I went there. There's so much to unpack there. So, you, am I right mm. in saying? I mean, I'm no, I'm no psychologist, but I kind of feel 
how can I put this? I feel like there's almost like a theme going on here because, you know, you call yourself Greg Abandoned and in your early 20s, obviously you were married, you were in this intimate relationship. It unfortunately didn't work out. So in a sense, mm. that relationship had been abandoned, literally, quite literally. There's definitely mm. a feeling, if you speak to people who have been divorced, a feeling of abandonment um, because you're you're mm. so close to this person and then suddenly they're not in your life. And, you know, is is that in any way linked to your fascination with the post apocalyptic world in the sense that you know again there's a theme there of abandonment uh you know there was once a world there and now all of the people have gone and maybe they've left it in ruins and then you know you go there to sort of see what's left over so to speak i, I don't know i mean i you know i'm just sort of thinking out loud here but uh was it in some way mirroring your emotions somehow at the time you know what Nate? i i mean only only right now i i am thinking about this you know i also um, what I haven't told you is I, I kind of like abandoned my, my home and my family mm. because I grew, I grew up in Poland. And when I was 17 or 18, the moment I, I, I had, you know, um, ID card, I just, or passport, wherever I, um, and since, since I was 13, I dreamed of, of going to England. And yeah, the, the moment I had, the moment I legally could do it, I, I moved. Um, I was a little bit obsessed with football. I must say I was watching Premier League mm-hmm. every weekend. And I, I, dream, I my dream was to go to Manchester. I mean, cliche, right? I know. Very I know. cliche. Um, <laughs> yes, I know. But um, so I kind of, yeah, maybe there is something with that. Um, my, my family situation wasn't the greatest, I, I would say. And yeah, so would I say that I I abandoned my family? I mean, maybe you could make that argument. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, maybe you might be onto something. I I don't know. I didn't really spend too much thinking, like analyzing, like all those decisions. Goodness Um, me. But but from the age of 18. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know if I can ask, but you're, you said 84, Mm. 37. So what, 18, 19 years I mean, have you seen your your family since you left, or I mean, it, if um, you want to answer that, is no, 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 no. It's it's absolutely fine. I I don't I don't really um, mind this kind of stuff. Um, I have not spoken to my parents in very long time, mm. um, and yeah, we um, we have a strange relationship. I I do have a brother who mm. is um, doing his PhD in Hong Kong. Um, which I am happy that he's in my life, but my parents are not. Um, mm. And I, I do, I do feel sometimes um, guilty about this. And sometimes I feel like uh, I made a good decision. So I, I really, I, I really don't know. Um, I mean, there were moments when we exchanged emails, but I, I am certainly not ready to like, um, talk to them no. about that no. but you know as, yeah. as time goes yeah. on things can change and yeah mm. no, that's that's very um, yeah. very uh raw emotions isn't it at times when people talk about these things but um it, it yeah mm. it's very interesting that you know to see where you came from and you know poland mm. and, and your family bit of your family background as well it, it paints a picture you know that the listeners can really understand who you are so you mm. obviously became then part of this community of of of, of explorers and you basically told us how you got into mm. that with your first trip to uh, chernobyl so how, out of interest, uh, Greg, how many um, 
people from the worldwide urbex community have have you actually met worldwide and how many are, are there even out there i mean i haven't got a clue Oh, um, that's actually quite interesting question because I will surprise you with my answer. But before I said this, I, I just want to say that uh, coming to England was like a dream for me. And um, I have a British passport. I totally felt like since the second day that I belong, because I always, when I was living in Poland, I felt like I don't belong. And my second day in England, this is where I knew I'm home. Wow. <laughs> and this, you're going you're gonna to find this funny. I'm crossing a street on the red light with two policemen, just us. <laughs> and, and you know what? It was this, I, I just realized, my God, this is a country, like a, such a pragmatic country uh, that is. has the, <laughs> the rules. The rules are not just meant to be like black and white. You do it because we, that's what we do is the rules are made for people. And then sometimes you can bend them a little bit because we created them. And that's the thing about Urbex as well is, you know, there is this fence that tells you not to go there, but you know what? It's another person had to put this fence in there. It's not like it's some sort of 11th commandment from God Mm. that you don't, you don't do that. Um, and yeah, so going coming back to your question, I have not met that many people. Essentially, I started exploring within that first year after I got divorced and essentially after Chernobyl, because after Chernobyl, when I was standing on top of the building and looking at the city of Pripyat, there used to be 50,000 people lived there. And now there was no one just covered with trees. Mm. And I knew from that moment, I knew there's nothing else I want to do in my life. I, I want to just find places like this. And I've, ever since, I've never been on holidays. I've never traveled. I've never done like normal travel or been to a museum or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I've just only been to um, abandoned places. And, and it, it's, it's been amazing. And I, because of, uh, of this, I was exploring in England and in Europe um, um, before moving to China in the summer, and I only went to Chernobyl in March. So I maybe had about I don't know six months, five months exploring in Europe, um, and I met few people. I met um, few people in Bulgaria where I met, where I went, and I um, I met some excuse me, people in England. And that was really it. And when I moved to China, uh, this is where uh, my Instagram uh, exploded a little bit because I was all of a sudden bringing those places that never ever been seen before to the Western public. Mm. And and um, it was just me here. I mean, it's not just me. There are Chinese explorers and there are a few... Um, maybe explorers, Western explorers, but um, they, maybe they're not doing, um, maybe they're not finding the places that I'm finding. I'm not trying to make myself like sound great or something. It's just, I'm not seeing someone else um, exploring at this level mm. uh, that I'm doing here. Mm. Um, and um I mean, there are plenty of incredible explorers uh, around the world. Uh, and now uh, this, ho- this hobby, um, due to 
Instagram has been very popular, which has positive and, and has negatives, obviously, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. with everything. But there are hundreds and hundreds of, of explorers. So further yeah. to that uh, question, Greg, can you become an explorer in your opinion or are you born one? Hmm. You know what? I think, <laughs> you know what I'm thinking about now, Nate? You're going to laugh about this because um, I'm thinking about this question. Um, have, you, have we discovered math or was math invented? And this is kind of similar type of question. And I, um, on my podcast, I interview explorers and obviously they share with me so many different stories. And I just remember this one explorer from Slovakia, I think, that he told me the story how he and a few of his friends um, one day they were sitting at the pub. Someone looked at something on online about some uh, um, abandoned asylum, and they realized, "Oh my God, this place is really close to us. Let's go. Let's let's go there now." And there was about five or six of them. They went, just left the pub and went to explore this um, this asylum at night. But he was the only one who stuck with it. Mm. He was the only one who. It, it it changed something in him that it became a fascination. But for rest of them, it was just like a cool thing. It was a it was an unusual thing they've done, and they they loved it. They liked it, but they never pursue it more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just it was just a, it was just an evening for them. Mm. But for him, it was something that was much much more. And I totally this resonated with me when i had that moment in chernobyl so maybe i would say that would be my argument that maybe you are born with that yeah and it 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 turns on a switch so here's a question for you greg so you know when you said you came to england uh and you said it Mm. felt like you came home on the second day when you were walking across the street with those two policemen at the red light so how would you Mm. compare that feeling to the feeling that you had when you were in Chernobyl, because you said when you were in Chernobyl, you felt like, I think you used the term, you felt like you were at home. Maybe I'm wrong now, but how, how would you t- compare those two feelings? Because I think you said, I knew that I was meant to do this in Chernobyl. I knew I was meant to do this. So how, how, how do you compare those two feelings? Yeah, you know, um, that's a good question. The questions that make me think that those are great questions. I, um, you know, it's just... When I think about when I think about growing in Poland, it's such a strange feeling, that feeling of not belonging. Um, um, I've never been homesick. What's the phrase for for opposite to homesick? Wanderlust? I'm not sure, but <laughs> I I I've I've never felt once once I'm on, I mean I mean I'm not exaggerating here. N- not even once I felt homesick, and. Um, yeah, move, moving to England was was like that. I, I finally felt like, yeah, yeah, this is a place I, where, where I belong. It just makes sense. But Chernobyl, I feel Chernobyl was like opening a Christmas gift every single moment. Mm. Every single moment. Every every turn I make, every new step I, 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 I go up, I, I turn to this building i walk through this corridor i look what's inside this room when i'm talking about right now about this i i my hair is standing on my on my hair even my, now that's incredible 
Yeah, right now. Incredible. I'm looking at it right now. Wow. So it's, like, it's like a kid in a, in a sweet shop, isn't it? It's literally like like oh, the excitement yes. that you have when you're so yeah. young or you're looking, you're, you, maybe mm. your parents take you into a big toy shop and you're like, wow, you know, you just yeah. don't know where to look. And maybe it was a combination of the fact that, you know, this place has this like a historical significance. And also, you know, I used to be taught, I, my mom told me that we used to take, when I was a kid, they, uh, because of, I was born in 84, but Chernobyl was 86, that we used to, um, I, I used to um, ha- um, be given uh, some sort of black pills. I don't remember that, but I was told that this was like uh, for radiation sickness or to prevent uh, radiation sickness or some, or, I mean, Poland is very close to Ukraine. Of course. Yeah. Um, so, um, I obviously I heard those stories and, you know, ever since that you've seen the movies. I mean, <laughs> there is this ridiculous movie called Chernobyl Diaries that I, I was, I actually really enjoyed it, even though it was ridiculous. Um, but you heard all of those stories about radiation. Um, it was, it was, it was really eerie in there and i i remember this funny um a moment um when i when i got there i was member of a a group maybe eight of us was there and i would be i would be always be the one that's the last one to leave every building as a group we would move from building to building and then we would meet outside and then we would, our guide would take us to the next place. And they would always wait for me. And I remember this German girl, she, she said to me like, Greg, can you like hurry up? Uh, <laughs> because we are always, we are always waiting for me. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But then she just put her hand on my shoulder and she said, actually, you know what? I, I actually, you know, I, Actually, I don't mind because the moment we see your face and you have such a smile on your face every time wow, we incredible. see you walking out of, of, of this building that I, I, I can't actually be angry with you. Yeah, that is and yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. Oh, man. No, because Germans but are you known know to what? be very uh, time efficient, aren't they? But it's, it, the, the fact that she could, see, <laughs> she could see the happiness it brought you, that's, that is something special, though. That is very nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. But you know... Um, I um I must say I feel I feel very lucky. Mm. I, I think one of the things I, I would say mostly because you know I, I I had this life which I call it like my previous life like before Airbags that I I just don't I just didn't know what to do. I mean I was super obsessed with football. Mm-hmm. I would be I would be um I lived um. I lived in Stanmore. We had uh, um, Barnet moved the uh, st- stadium very close, like five minutes from where I left, where I left, uh, lived. And um, I used to go there. Um, and I would, because um, I, I originally moved to, I originally moved to Manchester and I moved to, moved to London afterwards for work. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I just didn't really have like a, a hobby or, or passion. And a lot of people are living their lives. I can see it now that they just not, um, they, they haven't, it's not, they, they, they lack it, 
Um, maybe in a way they do, but I feel like they maybe have not found it. Mm. So I always call myself very lucky to to find this, that mm. this happened to me because it's this this just happened in my life, and I just took the advantage of it. Mm-hmm. No, that's a very yeah. beautiful thing to to say, and I I couldn't agree more. I think most people, when you look around, they're just in the nine to five standardized rat race. And to some degree, like like you already pointed out, you can understand it. You know, if you're married with kids, mm. your kids become your priority. But again, mm. if you plan out your life from a younger age and you think, hang on a second, do I actually want that life? Um, and again, if yeah. you do, there's nothing wrong with that. But you need to realize that maybe there's certain sacrifices involved. And, you know, evidently for you, you found what you love out of maybe, mm. you know, a, a tumultuous time in your life, which is even better um, that that happened for you. And don't you think that... The, the 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 structure of the, the the our society is to like produce those customers right like um I even uh, i'm going to link this with urbex because even with um the buildings that i explore we don't build uh, the buildings like we used to um nowadays everything is a shopping mall you know, I so uh, in in in, so in in China, um, the old theaters, all, all of them, most of them, is, is so beautiful and, and so abundant. Maybe not as the grand theaters in in America. Uh, those guys uh, have; uh, they are so lucky to have them. But nowadays, everything is you know your your your, your cinemas in shopping malls and. Um, the way we build things, we go the, with uh, fast and cheap, and so that craftsmanship is 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 missing mm. now from those buildings. Um, and uh, it's like the 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 this, this, the, the <laughs> it's funny. My dad used to say, "There's the shopping malls at the the churches of 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 the past. That's where we go. That's where we spend money, and we meant to be." customers that would be driving the economy and you sometimes with your life and the expectations the society's expectations you you maybe get a little bit lost with it but not because you consciously do it because it's just it just kind of happens and i this is exactly what happened in my life i just kind of i was kind of like falling asleep with my life year by year mm. and then that and the divorce just kind of it was like a explosion mm. that happened in my life that just kind of uh, awakened me do, do you yeah. think if the divorce mm. happened i mean it happened when you were 32 do you think if it happened when you were 42 you would have still gone into urbex as a slightly older guy mm. yeah um <laughs> i don't know i mean Many people describe me as a, as a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 37 now. Mm. Oh, I, I think I just turned 30, 38. Um, and people still describe me as a kid. I'm a kid inside. Mm. So I, I, I really hope that by the time I'm 42, I'm still, still, the I'm same still grade, like right? that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think uh, that, that that's yeah. the way people should be, right? Because when, when you're mm. not a kid inside, you lose a lot of your, you know, when you look around, <laughs> I always think kids are the happiest people in general, in general, you know, mm. they run around, they play, they haven't got a care in the world. They're just doing all the basic things 
that, that fill them mm. with wonderment. They're playing with their friends. They're playing ball. Whatever it is they're doing, they're just doing such basic mm. things, running around the park, and they're happy. And I feel like when we get older, we like, like you said, we get caught into this weird life, most of us anyway. Yeah. And, and you look around and who's happy, man? Like most people are just – they don't look happy. They're just stressed out of their brain, going yeah. into the office, doing whatever it is they do, and they're lost. Like, they're, they're, like you said, they're sleeping with their life. They might have a nice house – you know, but mm. is it and a cat and a dog? Okay, fine, no problem. But is it actually making them happy? Well, only they can answer that. And and buying that apartment in London, that was the end of my like marriage. From that moment, we were we 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 had that thing where we like we achieved now everything that we were working towards. You know two immigrants trying to establish themselves in a new country, make it our own. I don't speak Polish to even to my brother. And I did 180 degree switch. I read in English. I, uh, you know, re- I was listening to 606 on, you know, football phone. And I, I totally immersed myself uh, in, in the British culture. And I, uh, when when we finished the university, got the job, we had a stable job, and then we bought this apartment, and that was that moment where it's like, what what do we now? What do we do now? Like if we we had no no more no more common goals anymore mm. as a couple, mm. and all of a sudden, what was that driving thing for us to to survive? And that's where um, we started growing apart, mm. and I kind of just yeah i was kind of like um struggling to find a meaning um, right a meaning oh yeah mm. yeah totally it's funny because i feel like most people and you've you've evidently sort of displayed this in in your life but many people have these material goals knowingly or unknowingly and they think well when mm. i get the car and when i get the apartment i, I then our life starts and, w- and we're going to be happy oh, Nate. and and it's like you get there and well now what <laughs> and you've just shown Nate. us that and Nate, and, and honestly, such a great point because right now I couldn't care less. I could not care less. If I find a place in the middle, I mean, I went to Kazakhstan to take one picture. I flew halfway across the globe, hiked for 80 kilometers through the desert to take one picture. Obviously, I took more pictures. But the idea was to take one picture of me standing on top of the space shuttle, abandoned space shuttle. Oh, my goodness. And just so I can have that picture at that moment and achieve this dream of mine. And and I would do this. I, I, I wouldn't care because, you see, the thing is, uh, the, the, sure, you want to... Obviously, I can only say this because I'm living a comfortable life, and I do have a, a, a decent income. That uh, it's not, it's, I mean, it's not amazing, mm. but it's not terrible. It's, it's, you know, I can live, I can save, and the cost of living is 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 very cheap here, uh, which allows me to do what I do. I, I understand this. Not everyone in this, is in the same position, mm. but honestly, I, I could not care less about. Um, how much money I have to spend to get somewhere is just because when I said that light switch moment in in Chernobyl, everything from that moment it just makes sense for me. People say things to I I, I find it difficult 
to relate to a lot of people these days because people talk to me and it seemed to me, I I really don't want to sound pretentious here, but it kind of seemed to me that um, what people care about is literally, I I literally, that's exactly what I I just don't, I don't care about that. Mm. Mm. Like it's, 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 but it's, you know, maybe it's because they have a different life and my family situation is, uh, is very uh, difficult. It's very different. And yeah. yes, it's very different, but it's like, I don't really uh, relate to a lot of people and, and it's quite difficult in a way to make friends outside of this community uh, for me. On that yeah. point, Greg, I don't know if I'm being cheeky asking this. If I am, you can just tell me and we can move mm. on. But do you potentially see yourself? I mean, you just said it's hard to make friends outside of the community. Do you then see yourself, especially you've been married for 12 years? Okay, it didn't work. Um, mm. If you were to get married again, would you then only pick a woman who is happy to kind of do these things with you? Like, would she have to be an urbex explorer herself or would she have to just, even if she's not, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you can do that, babe. No problem. You know, I'm happy for you. It, mm. You know, I love what you do. Like, I'm just intrigued because obviously mm. it, it seems to me that the sort of the, the traditional lifestyle just doesn't really hold any appeal for you. And I totally understand why. And I think a lot of the listeners today understand why, because they're, they're, mm. they're culture lovers, they're travel lovers. That's why they listen to this podcast mm. for starters. And so, you know, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, mm. would you consider oh, yeah. getting into another relationship again, long-term marriage uh, or just not at all, or only if she's into this, you know, lets you be who who you want to be, mm. the kid inside you. you. I think this is going to be a long answer. Go for <laughs> because it. Because f- first, first of all, um, my girlfriend about five minutes ago left the couch and went inside the bedroom, and she closed the door. I am um, so maybe I feel like she might not hear what I'm about to say. <laughs> so probably <laughs> okay. that's a good idea. That's probably the good, it's probably a good idea right uh-huh. now. Okay, I would say to you that um, after being with someone for 12 years, Mm. and you have to understand when I was 20 and then coming out of that in 32, in terms of um, just just dating people, uh, those are two different worlds. Um, A clear example would be that things like online dating or like apps. Um, When I started dating, when I met my ex-wife, this was taboo. This was like, oh, what? Oh, of course. Online. It was very strange. That's like, who are you? Yeah, who does that? You know, Mm. who does that? that, Oh, that's such a nerd. And, and, And so I, what I'm trying to say is I really struggled at the beginning when I was single Mm. because uh, there were so many new things. I did not know what Tinder was when I divorced. I had no idea. I had no idea about, I was 32. Mm. I had no idea that dating apps exist and that's how people meet. I had absolutely no idea. Mm. It was terrifying and I had to learn all of this. So I would say to answer your question, I I still don't know because I have been in situations where I've been trying to answer this question um, uh, through the experiences and the relationships I had 
since my divorce. And I did hold this opinion of this would be such an amazing thing to uh, be with someone who shares this um, hobby and we could plan things together, look for places together and travel together. And how amazing would that be? And then I was talking to a few explorers and they were telling me how this is a, a fantasy that really what how it looks like is that sometimes this could be a, a thing that could be alleged between mm. uh, people in relationship that they could be competing against each other. Mm. Um, like, oh, I'm going to take this picture and that picture. I mean, for me, it's it's not really... I know I take pictures, but again, I... I never would call myself a photographer. I'm always, uh, I'm, ex- I'm a guy, I'm an explorer with a camera. Mm. I bring a camera with me. And ultimately, I just want to show you the, the, the places that I, I, I take. And I take the drone. I, I love the, I love the drone. Um, but I, it's really hard because I think the nature of where I am, um, I have to be um, real. I would always be single if I only looked for explorers <laughs> because <laughs> to find them yeah. to find them in China it would be close to close to impossible. Mm. The odds are stacked against uh, you. Eh? Oh yeah. Um it's not impossible but it's 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 a slim slim chance. And I I feel like um Maybe a person does not have to necessarily be so like into the abandoned places specifically, but if that person has a sense of adventure in them, mm. you know, if if you if you like hiking, I mean, I just a couple of weeks ago hiked to abandoned part of Great Wall. I mean, it was great. It was Amazing. super difficult, mm. and and you know, but it's kind of like a day out, right? You go in the mountains and, and you hike. Um, so um, how is that different from hiking, hiking in the mountains? Exactly. It's um, just, it's just, uh, know, it's, well, it's not, it's just something that most people would never have the guts to do, right? <laughs> or, the, or the time to do. But, you know, again, you have to make, you have to put these things mm-hmm. in motion in your life and do them, Yeah, you know, execute the things that you want to do. So if this person wants to, um, has that, sense of adventure or it's not a person who would be um you know 24 7 on netflix um how do i call it maybe couch potato if you are couch potato then i don't think we will yeah you um, wouldn't work that's diametrically opposed isn't it (laughs) yeah you know that they're, they're the people funny you should say that they could be the people that are watching the guys like you, wishing that, oh, I, that looks so cool. I wish I could do that. But they'd never do it. It's like all theoretical, you know? Mm. Or they, they watch, yeah, like a documentary. Mm. And, okay, there's nothing wrong with watching mm. a bit of Netflix from time to time. But, I mean, oh, yeah. come on. I do it all the time. <laughs> there, there's nothing wrong. It's great. It can, it can, you know, move. It's like this podcast, you know. Obviously, this is for people who have an adventurous spirit and they're going to love what they hear. But, you know put some of it into practice in your own life, right? Like it doesn't mean you have to become an urbex explorer, but maybe the next trip you do just go off a little bit off the, you know, off the beating path. Don't just go and stay in a hotel and stay by the pool. Like go and, 
you know, you don't have to go to the extreme that you've gone to necessarily, but just take some of that wonderment and, and put it in, in your own life. At least that's what I hope some of the listeners can do. Um, yeah. And I was, <laughs> I just remember this thing. It's, um, you know, I was, I was hiking in the mountains uh, with a few friends and we came to a point where there was this big uh, blue sign and bunch of Chinese words on it. And I asked my friend, um, what, what does it say? And she says that, you know, you cannot go beyond this point. And so I put my finger on, on, my, on, on my lips and I told her not to say anything. And I told the rest of the group, I said to them, this sign says, fun starts beyond this sign. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, and that's and that's really what uh, what what you want to do. Maybe sometimes kind of push those boundaries a little bit, because you might. Um, I think we. I think if you push the boundaries a little bit, you know, you can find something really exciting there. Absolutely. And you know, whenever whenever I take someone new with me, it's such adventure for them, and it's such a unique experience, something they haven't done it. Um, my friend. We, um, I am um, by accident discovered this uh, abandoned ship uh, in um, in this factory, um, or like broken broken down factory. Um, and I told my friend about this. I told him that you know uh, there is this ship, but it's inside the city. So uh, Nate, you have to understand. Um, when things are in in the city, mm. that's a little bit more risky because obviously the well, exposure. Yeah, you're being watched you, by other you, people, right? Yes, yes. So um, that's something you really have to uh, plan carefully. Most of the places they are abandoned because they are they've been built somewhere on the outskirts, somewhere someone had a grand idea to do something, and they build it so far away, and then no one then no one goes there, and then <laughs> it becomes. Becomes abandoned because the business fails. Now this ship, I convinced my friend to wake up um, at three in the morning, and and yeah, and go there in the middle of the night. And by the time it's sunrise, we would probably be 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 done with it. And and uh, honestly, like he is talking about this on all the time. He absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. You know when you were talking yeah, as well. Sorry, uh, sorry. No, continue there. I think you yeah, were about yeah. to say something. No, 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 no. Oh, it's fine. No, I was just, you know, you, the point you made about the city and how you have to be extra careful. Um, mm. Have you actually ever been caught, like by police or other people that have called the police? And if so, are there any sort of legal repercussions mm. in, in what you do? I mean, couldn't you basically get a criminal record potentially if you sort of try and get into the wrong place? Okay, so that's a good question because um, I want to link this with also the the kind of the code that we have and the the real explorers um have now first of all in terms of um how legal those things are it really depends on the country mm. so for example um in england when it comes to trespassing laws when you end up on someone's property and they um, and you get caught, and they tell you to leave, and you don't. That's where it becomes illegal. Mm-hmm. But um, otherwise, it's 
it's not. So if you, if someone asks you to leave and then you say, look, sorry, and, and you leave, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not illegal. And obviously, um, the damage, damaging property in any sort of way, that's just not on. That's, that's not what we do. Unfortunately, there are explorers who pushing the boundaries and I constantly talk about this on my podcast, trying to sh- promote the good values. You know, you, um, a person who has a crowbar in their bag, that's not an explorer. That's a vandal with a camera. Um, and those should, those people should be stopped. Um, if you want to gain an access to a building, I think um, if, to do it in a way that you try to find the entry point somehow, that's real challenge. You know, spending ages looking for places, then actually making effort to go somewhere and then you walk around, you're trying to find a way you, and you sneak inside this place and you take the photo, photographs there. It's like, why would I steal something or why would I break something? This is enough for me. This whole experience is enough. Um, and yeah, and uh, you, you do sometimes can get in trouble um, in certain countries, for example, uh, the American explorers that I, I talk to, they would constantly get in trouble uh, because of the law, the trespassing that law in America. Is, yeah. Yes, that's that's very strict. And I know people who went to jail um, f- because of that, because they climb on top of the bridges and, and whatnot. Um, in China, it's not illegal. And when I actually learned about the law in China, it made total sense um, in, a, in a way of what I'm experiencing when I go to abandoned places. So in China, when you go uh, to abandoned place, and even if you take something from it that's worth less than 50 pounds, it's still not illegal. So let's say I go somewhere and take something, someone finds Finds me, cut, cuts, cuts me, and then if, and and um, checks my bag, and then I, I took something, and it's it's there. It's still not illegal. Obviously, I I don't do that. I don't <laughs> I don't take stuff. I don't really need uh, some moldy stuff. And uh, I, I really what what's the point? And I, why why would I need that anyway? But um, so. When I explore in China, most um, most of the time, pretty much I would say ninety percent of the time, uh, there's nothing inside. Um, you have to understand that what you see on Instagram is like a fraction of the places that I've explored. Mm. I'm, I'm still posting things from 2019. Mm. Um, so, um, so to find something in China that's still intact or there's there's something left behind. That's um, that's really tricky. I uh, down south there was this beautiful abandoned hotel in uh, the middle of this small lake, and when I went inside, I was like, "Oh wait a second, this is another place uh, that um, it's like a failed construction site." Um, there were pa- like wooden panels were taken. Um, it it just it, it was bare bones. It was stripped to the bones. There was no sockets inside the walls, and 
because um, um, essentially what I do is I find a place, I, uh, I go there, but my research of the place comes later. So for example, I was <clears throat> writing the book, the Abandoned China book that I just released. So I was giving a context of what those places were and why they were abandoned for this book. And I started researching some of the places that I went to. And then I discover that this place is been one of the most luxurious and popular hotels in South China. It was no like super popular with, with the Chinese party officials used to go there a lot. No way. And I looked at the old pictures and I could not believe in my, my, my eyes. Um, to me, you, you would never guess that this place was, used to be functional uh, before. Uh, everything is has been taken out. And that's my experience of, of uh, exploring in China. When you get to find something inside, oh, it feels great. You're really lucky. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I do, I do, I did, I did get in trouble um a few times. I'm 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 trying to be very, very careful. Um I many times I would do things very early. Um the Americans would call it pre-donut, pre-donut. I think that's what they do. Like 3 a.m. sort of thing. 3, 4 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. And, um, and yeah, um, yeah, there were some scary moments, but mainly I would say I would got, um, in trouble with my employer rather than with the, with the police. How did that happen then? Or how would that happen? Oh my God. So, um, (laughs) I was on a date and I was walking on the street. Um, and I, um, it was lunch. We were walking. It was over. And we were walking. And all of a sudden, I see um, we're walking by this huge abandoned hotel that I knew for two years or three years. But I could never, ever find an entry to this, to this place. And it was also in the middle of the city. So I... Um, I was really surprised to see that there was a side gate that was slightly open. There was a chain on the gate, but if you push the gate, if you uh, push one side forward, one side um, to yourself, the gap was big enough for me to squeeze inside. Mm -hmm. So I very quickly said goodbye to the person I was with. And I said, (laughs) I'm sorry, I have to go. Priorities. On a date, that (laughs) is uh, hilarious. (laughs) Um, yeah. And I, Uh, and I went, um, the gate was to the building next to the hotel, but because those two buildings were connected, I was hoping if there would be a way for me to get access to the roof of the smaller building and then through the roof, walk to the hotel and see if there's many, if there's potentially any, um, windows open. And this is exactly what happened. So I very quickly went home. I um, uh, took my uh, took my camera, took my stuff, and I think it was. Um, I think I was actually had to stop myself from 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 going right away because I I realized wait a second, Greg, it is in the middle of the city. Um, how about you just do it very early in the morning? And this is exactly what I did, and and I um. And so, yeah, I went, I went, I think about four or five 
a.m. in the morning. I did exactly that, went on the roof. Um, there was one window open and I went inside this, um, this, uh, this hotel and I explored it. It was great. It was amazing. But one thing that was different, uh, that really freaked me out whenever, I mean, everything was in, like it, it was, it was ru- ruins or in ruins. Uh, things were taken out. Um, you know, there was no bedding. There was just, uh, it was just clearly, clearly abandoned. All the signs pointed that this was abandoned hotel. And then at the top of that hotel, this is what, what I was hoping for. There was this huge restaurant that was, the level of decay was incredible in there. And I, Whenever I, obviously the elevator wasn't working, but whenever I went to the staircase, the light would turn on, like, you know, the automatic light Mm. with the sensor. And that really freaked me out because I don't explore places with electricity on because that's a clear, <laughs> yeah. that's a, that's a sign. If someone is paying the bill, yeah, that means exactly. Then it's not, abandoned. it's not about it. Yeah. It's not abandoned, yeah. but, but you know, I, I was already there. So I just wanted to get to the top of the, uh, the building to see this, um, this restaurant because I was, I was in a similar hotel and that hotel had the restaurant at the top. So I was hoping that I would find a similar thing here. And I discovered that in China, men, there are many copies. The, I mean, that's kind of cliche about China as well, right? But um, a lot of um, different buildings would mirror other buildings and what's in there. And it was exactly that. So with this building, I figured that would be two places that would be great. The one at the top and I'll probably at the bottom where the lobby was. Because the the rooms, there was no, no, no nothing really fancy there to um, to take pictures of, um, and and yeah, I, I you know I, I tried to look for some sort of like nice angles, kind of wow type of um, places, and I went I went downstairs and very quickly I uh, I realized oh my god there's a guy there, and he turned around <laughs> and he saw me and. Oh, um, damn. It wasn't, I, what I did wasn't great. I just started running. I started running because I started. <laughs> and, but then when I got to the second floor, another guy popped out from nowhere. Mm. And, and basically I was done. And then they told me there was around five of them looking for me because they saw me on the camera. So what I didn't realize, and they told me this later on, that this hotel was recently sold mm. to a new owner right. who is who is going to renovate it and turn into a hotel. Mm. And they had this, obviously they had a huge security room um, at the bottom of the, at the, at the ground floor, which if on any normal exploration, that's where you probably would enter the building. But I entered the building on the third floor because I enter it from the roof of another building. That's why they were so confused at like, how did you, how did get you get inside here? Mm. Yeah, so that was the one of that was the first question they asked me, and and again, like I, this was very spontaneous. I usually what I do is I usually try to have someone else with me um, because you know exploring by by yourself, I find it um uh, actually find it very cool, and all your senses are working, and um, I would 
certainly be able to take more risks risks than if I'm with my with with someone else. Mm, mm. But having someone else is great because you have. I mean, you can share the experience with someone else. That's one thing. But it's it's good for um, security. Mm-hmm. You know, there are many many broken floors that you can f- fall fall down and break your leg, and then what what are you going to do? Mm. You know, um, if all of a sudden you're you know you lose your phone or your phone stays on a different floor or wherever you know you need to be safe when you do this so i always say have at least one other person with you um but this time i was by myself and i couldn't communicate um in in chinese with them and they um they were okay with me but when the boss when the the security um um a leader arrived. That's where he was very angry with me. Um, and he called the police and the police had to, um, through my visa, they had, obviously I'm registered, uh, with my visa to my work. And then they had to call my employer and my employer of, and this was holidays at the same time. And when, when, and when, and you, and obviously they called the, 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 Top, like the top person it's the person it, it's not even a principal of the of the school it's the person above above them and all of a sudden that person has to come to you to pick you up from the police station during their holidays oh my god i mean that's, that's just, so awkward isn't it that, <laughs> yeah that that is that's that's not great oh man and um and yeah, and they and obviously there was kind of a few other things going on at the same time with with my principal at that at that school. They were not. I mean, for first two years they were pretty okay with with um, with what I was doing, and then all of a sudden they were not. And um, and yeah, and I, I just basically um, came to the mutual. Um, realization between both of both of the parties that it's probably better if I if I find a new employer and now I'm very open when it comes to that uh, in the interview I do say that I, I come clean because um, finding a job as a math teacher it's it's very easy um, so you have a lot of options and um, and yeah and I would rather be honest with um, with my future boss about what I do. They have to be okay with that uh, because if they're not, then I probably just go with someone else. Yeah. There's no point doing it. It's pretty cool though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. do, do you even tell your students, are you even allowed to tell your students? No, what you do? no, 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 no. Oh, so, you're not. so yeah, you know, I don't tell, I mean, I would say that at some stage, um, and this happens after a year usually or, or a little bit more at some stage someone kind of finds you um or there's you know so, you know the thing is um in china what um what they have obviously in england it, there is whatsapp but in china it's called wechat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but wechat wechat works slightly different it's like a it's like if you put WhatsApp and Facebook together, that's what WeChat is. Mm, so it does like so almost people, everything. It's all connected. Yes, mm. yes. And and people would share the pictures or, or what they do. And I sometimes share some pictures of the places that I go to um, with my friends. And they, um, but obviously some of the parents would 
who are some of the teachers who are parents in the school, um, they might see this and maybe the child would pick up the parent's phone mm. and check. It's, it's called, it's called moments. This, this feature about the pictures is called moments. So they, maybe they check the moments and they maybe see this and they check it out. And I always put my little, I always play um, this little game of like, it's kind of like, where is Wally type of game with my followers. I hide my tag of my Instagram name in the picture. So people can like look and see if they can find my tag. I really try to hide it. <laughs> That's pretty um, cool. And so, um, yeah, so maybe, maybe people would find me in that way. And, um, and yeah, so I, but I, I certainly do not um, mention this to any students um, in school uh, because I don't want uh, this conversation to, because, you know, I mean, you, uh, Nate, you've been a teacher, like when you go to school, uh, it is a little bit of a, like a pretending time. You know, you, you have certain things that you put a mask on. Mm, and, you have to, don't you? <laughs> and, 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 and you do, because otherwise you will not control uh, a class. So, so yeah, um, you have to play a bit of a different, different game. Uh, can I call this game? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's different. But yeah, I mean, supposing one of these kids does find this moment though, and then they start talking about it to their friends, what can you actually do? Like there you are in a good job. Your boss is, is happy that you, mm. you're into Urbex, but the kids all find out. What can you do anyway? So, so, so that's why, that's why I realized, and this is, I realized that by obviously making mistakes, like most of the things I do in my life is that it's very, um, I mean, you have to be upfront. Uh, I already in my current job has been in one uh, situation that was uh, a bit tricky for me, but the way um, it's been handled, I, I mean, I couldn't ask for more. They were right behind me every step of the way. They just told me, they just asked me like, what happened? Tell me what happened. And, and so I, um, I am really grateful that I made that decision and I found an employee that understands um, I mean, he's English. My principal, he's English. So that helps, you know, that helps. Yeah. <laughs> With the pragmatic background, as you said, it's, it's definitely yes, interesting. Yes. Oh, very, very much. Very uh, much. When you're, um, I'm, I'm burning to ask this when you're, I mean, we've kind of touched on it, but when you're considering a place to go, right. How mm. do you do, you know, and this is kind of, maybe there's some kind of mathematical uh, analysis that can go on here to a degree, <laughs> but how do you, no, it's not. <laughs> how, how do you make an evaluation, like uh, a risk reward analysis of somewhere that you want to visit? You know, in, especially when it comes to, you know, you mentioned going alone, for example, you break a leg that could literally mean that you die because if you can't get out of there, you could literally mm. just be lying there and you'll starve to death. It's no joke. So in the event of urgent med medical attention, you know, there you are in the middle of nowhere. You've got no phone signal or cell signal for the American listeners. You know, there's no hospitals within 20 or 30 or 100 kilometers. You could even bump into dangerous animals. I mean, how, oh, how yeah, on oh, earth? Yes. Uh, could you just tell us about those things? How do you kind of evaluate these risks? You know, before I answer this, but Nate, Nate you have to understand this. Like when you do this by yourself... It's, I had the best, whenever I did this by myself, I had like awesome, like a great time. It was always some sort of dangerous mission 
that I would I would do. And <laughs> remember this one abandoned theater where the building next to it was the police station. <laughs> that was, that Couldn't was, have been worse, right? <laughs> and I, and I, I had this, whenever I had this, like the, the, the pain in my stomach, this kind of nervous feeling, that's when I know, oh, this is going to be great. But how do I evaluate? You know, I also, um, I also sometimes, uh, China has their own social media. So sometimes you do find, um, you, you, you find other people, um, other people's pictures and you try to figure out where that, where that place is. There are other methods. For example, I, I mentioned ch- uh, abandoned uh, uh, theaters in China. Now those theaters um, have, in terms of ch- Chinese characters, they use a very specific Chinese character to describe them. And because the current cinemas um, have a different name, they use a different character. So when I use that character to to search for it, all of a sudden I can find a lot of theaters and I know this specific type and the likelihood that place would be abandoned will be um, very, uh, very high. So that's one way. Um, there are, you obviously would scan the uh, satellite mode. Um, that's a lot of the time. That's, uh, that's what's happening. To be honest, like these days, recently, maybe in the last year and a half, um, because I know a lot of explorers and also in China, a lot of people just tell me places. <laughs> They just do. Um, so, but I used to spend an extensive amount of time researching. I, 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 the longest I spent was six months to find one abandoned water park. That is insane. Six months. But Goodness yeah, six me. months. Goodness me. Uh, almost every other day, I would try to do something online to 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 try to find it, and. Uh, you know, I, I do try to um, also see if I go, wow, if this, if, if I see a place, if someone, a, a Chinese explorer went somewhere and they, um, they post some pictures, I want to see, oh, wow, is, wow, this, this is amazing. And that's, and I want to go there. So if, 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 if their picture creates this sort of emotion in me, that's certainly a place that I want to visit. But what's funny with the Chinese um, Arabic community is that they they have this artistic approach to photography of those places. So what I'm saying is there's a lot of close-ups, which is I tend not to do it. I'm trying to change my style a little bit where I maybe instead of posting one picture, I would post... 10 pictures and I would give you maybe more of a variety of different pictures within that one post Mm. where I would give, this would give me a chance to maybe do some of those close-up pictures. Um, But I just tend to go for one kind of wow, uh, big scale type of picture. And so why I'm, I'm bringing this is because I've been to so many places where I'm walking around this place and I'm like, oh my God, wow, this is amazing. Oh my God, this is amazing. 
And then I'm, I go back in my mind to the pictures that I've seen from the, the, the Chinese explorers. And I'm like, why didn't they take a picture of this? Why didn't they take a picture of that? Mm. That's so crazy. And their that style I didn't is just this. very different. That's the reason why, right? It could be. It could be. And I and so sometimes, even though when I watch someone else's pictures, and I think to myself, ah, that's not worth it. Um, but then I realize, you know what? Now I need to check it out. I need to check it out. So I go to many places. It's just what you see on the Instagram. <clears throat> sorry, what you see on Instagram is a specific selection. Mm. Mm. of the places that, yeah. that I, I post. Yeah, it's a slice yeah. of the cake, isn't it? So, I mean, have you have mm. you ever actually been in a situation where you have, for example, just been in a building or getting there and you bump into a snake or some other dangerous animal or have you lost your cell phone signal or lost your phone or run out of battery totally and, and just been terrified? <laughs> like, how the hell do I get back home safely? Um, I have not came across a snake. However, I do have a, uh, it's so funny that you said that because there is this Norwegian explorer, Marcus, and when he um, went to see the space shuttles in Kazakhstan, he was bitten by a snake oh my in that desert. Yeah. So, and he almost died from dehydration. Oh and my it, goodness. It was, he has a, he has a crazy story. That's why I love, um, hearing and interviewing explorers because I love to compare my stories to their stories and I love to hear their stories. Um, I was, um, you have to understand, I am, maybe this is the math kind of background, but I'm a very logical person. So I would um, always analyze things, pros and cons, and um, do a bit of a kind of risk assessment. (laughs) And (laughs) So I, um, uh, I would, I, I got hurt, obviously, you know, I fell, I cut my, m- my legs on like the, the barbed wire fence. Um, I, I've, I've done many things that, um, would be considered crazy to other people. And I definitely hurt myself, but I have not had knock on wood, uh, and any encounter with animals um, a part of the security dogs because that's just uh, that's so common to me that I don't even consider this as like a a unique experience Mm. so coming across uh, security dogs that's very very common especially here in China um yeah, I think the scariest moment was in Bulgaria when I was exploring this uh, abandoned um, swimming pool complex. Mm. And I'm walking there. I just climbed the fence. I'm in there. My friend is outside by the gate waiting. He didn't want to go inside. And I'm walking there. I, I was like, oh my God, this is super easy. This is such an easy place. And all of a sudden, this huge uh, pit bull Oh. <laughs> just appears out of nowhere oh, and it's and it's there and it's like um but you you have to understand like most of the dogs they are very scary and barking when they are behind the fence mm-hmm. but all of a sudden when when you surprise a dog you you have a bit of time because that dog is also very surprised that you were there and 
I was actually bitten by a dog when I was six. And so I'm, I'm not a dog person. I'm a cat person. So I am actually quite scared of dogs. And I, uh, I, I, I froze. And what, what do I do? And all of a sudden, I see this broken umbrella on the floor. So first thing I did, I picked this umbrella because I was thinking to myself, if this dog attacks me, at least I have my camera in my hand and this umbrella to, to like fight this dog. Um, but obviously, I'm hoping this is not going to happen. So there is a water slide not far away from me. So I, I'm starting to make a move because at this moment, I'm trying to just minimize the, the, the potential attack. So I'm thinking to myself, if I'm in the middle of the slide, first of all, it might be difficult for the dog to climb the slide and it's also narrow. So, and all this is, I'm, this is, I'm analyzing this in my head. So I'm, I already picture myself sitting on my bum on this slide, in the middle of the slide, and then the dog comes towards me and I'm trying to kick this door, use my, use my legs to like get rid of this dog, to protect, protect myself from this dog and maybe using the umbrella as, as, a, as a beating stick or, or something like that. <laughs> so that's what I'm having in mind yeah. when, I'm, when, when in, this, in, in this situation. Mm -hmm. So I, I got myself on this slide, but the dog... Um, I was just hovering around me and it wasn't barking. It was just walking and looking at me. Mm, that's eerie, I pull man. My <laughs> oh man. Oh man. This was, you know, I, this was one of the, I think I, I said, I said pit bull, but I, I'm not great on the breed. It's one of those dogs that when it bites you, he, he, he won't release. He, he won't let you go. It's one of those. It's not a Mastiff, so think, an Italian Mastiff, is it? I mean, I'm not good with dogs either, but it, it sounds yeah, scary yeah. nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. oh, 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 oh my God, this dog was super scary. I mean, I think that's the point <laughs> of having a security dog like that. Well, in, exactly. In that it's doing its job. Yeah, oh, exactly. And so I called my friend, I've called Evgeny and I'm telling him this and I'm freaking out and I'm like, Evgeny, I don't know what to do. Uh, like, so Evgeny, a genius, he... Uh, he started banging on the gate, on the metal gate, creating noise. And that distracted the dog. The dog went up to him and started barking at him. And that bought me time to run across to a fence and climb a different kind of fence and, 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 and escape. And that's essentially what's hap what, what happened. Thank and, goodness yeah, the dog didn't turn it. around and catch like, you on that, on that route because that could have turned bad, man. Couldn't it? Oh, so follow up to the story, um, um, a year later, maybe a year and a half later, I'm interviewing Evgeny for my podcast and we reminisce about my time in Bulgaria. And he tells me a story of a, a female explorer that went there and she was, she ended up in the hospital mm. and she was bitten by that dog. By, probably by the same so, dog that, that, that was watching you. Uh, probably, probably. Yeah. It was, I was, I was very lucky. Goodness me, man. That's just insane. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. interesting to know that you make this sort of assessment, but like, the, the, here's the other interesting thing. That's, that's for yourself. What if you're going, we've already spoken about going solo or going with someone else. Mm. What if you're then going on an exploration with someone else who's at a, simply a different level of capability or experience to yourself 
that could then create a completely different set of, you know, potential scenarios where it could even increase the risk, mm. you know? And, and this is, this is exactly what you're describing is what's happening in my life. Cause mostly what I do is I explore with someone else who is not an explorer. Um, I would mostly, it, it would be my girlfriend. I would go with my girlfriend or I would go with a friend. So and just a totally regular person, yeah. literally a totally mm, regular yes. person. Okay. okay. Yes, yes, yes. And it's just, it's just because I doesn't, China is so big and uh, there's just not enough explorers here. Um, I do uh, know a few explorers in my city now. So I do know someone who, Okay, my, my friend Zoe, she was not an explorer, um, but after she met me and we went exploring, she loved it so much that now this is what she does. So she she totally is only doing airbags now. Um and um but mo- mostly is like like what I said, a friend or, or, or a girlfriend. And this adds obviously to the level of difficulty. I definitely do not make um, the same risks as I would go by myself, but also I don't pick um, the same type of places. So, for example, there is this uh, there is this um, aircraft carrier, um, which is well. First of all, it's it's military um, ship that is. Um, when it comes to military, that's another story. Um, so uh, this is a place where you would have to um, get a dinghy, <laughs> which I have, and um, and get there in the middle of the night, spend all day in there, and then leave the following night. So this is something that I would not take my girlfriend with. So I just want to be clear with that. I would not take a regular person uh that um that on on something that risky um that's something i would do with another explorer i would do it with uh, i just uh, or, or by myself um so i would pick basically different type of places for for that but you know mostly i would say uh, those really really difficult places there's not many of them Mm. Uh, those missions that are, are quite, you know, sometimes, you know, usually power plants are are, are tricky. Uh, that you also want to you want to take uh, someone that um, maybe has some experience of of doing it. I, I do have a friend that um, also. It seems like that because of the lack of explorers, um, few of my friends they they really like the. This, this hobby and they started doing this uh, as well um and yeah we we have we have quite an array of of stories which i if i can mention that i um in in the book abandoned china that's where i i talk about some of those like crazy crazy stories that happened when <laughs> when i went exploring yeah <laughs> so have you ever ever been on like an expedition uh greg where you've had to you know there you are in the middle of it you could be alone or maybe you're with someone and you have to almost just think flip an egg. This is getting, this is getting too risky. I, I need to just cut my losses now and go home. I mean, has that ever happened to you or do you just refuse to give up? No, that never happened. 
Wow. So you just plod through it. You see, sometimes it's kind of difficult to, to explain this. There is this um, really great explorer in Detroit, Bob, um, who's been exploring Detroit for, for many years. I love those explorers who have a focus on uh, like one location. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a group of explorers in, in Hong Kong, the HK Airbags, for example. I absolutely love them to bits because they focus on, they are the experts on, on that one location. Uh, Bob is great uh, in, in Detroit. He told me a story where he got um trespassing ticket. He had to go to cur- the, to the court and he um explore after his case after he left the court the court for being charged for trespassing, literally left the church and went exploring again and or he also explored abandoned prison on top of the active uh, court building. So some of the things um, some of the explorers are doing yeah, is absolutely crazy. Or, is or a person Totally insane, just, man. Uh, a person, uh, um, um, uh, I think he was, uh, 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 there's an explorer in Florida, D, that cut his leg on a barbed wire fi- fence, had to go to the hospital. It was a really deep mm. um uh, cut. Um, they patched him up, and then they um, he, he went he went exploring. He went um, exploring just the next day. Wow! Um, yeah, insane man. They, they, these people are built of different stuff. That's that's for sure. To regular everyday people. Yeah, I don't know. It's like um, I don't want to say it's like a drug, but maybe in a way it is a little bit. Adrenaline is is great. Um, it, it gives you. Uh, it's give, I mean, I want to say it gives you magical powers, but in a way, it's um, it gives you really. It's interesting how it works. I remember once trying to get inside this building, and I jumped. Um, the only way to do it, there is this huge, incredible, um, abandoned uh, building on top of the mountain in Bulgaria that looks like a UFO building. It's called Buzluja, and it was a former communist headquarters in, for, for like Bulgarian Communist Party. And it's in ruin now, in ruins now. Actually, um, a few years, like a year ago, a, a group started renovating it. But when I was there, it was totally abandoned. And the only way to get inside this building was to, um, <laughs> to jump into the hole in the ground where someone uh, created um, and, uh, smashed a wall um, inside. So imagine you are in the ground mm. and in front of you, you see a, a hole. And then when you flash, uh, when you put a light uh, into that hole, you see there's a big four meter drop to the basement. And there used to be, other explorers told me later on, there used to be a piece of rope sticking there. But when I was there, there was no rope. And you have to jump basically you have to jump there four meters down um which is uh, quite scary to jump four to like meters pitch is, dark is almost as high as a house isn't it in some places yeah that yeah. is high that is yeah high. and 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 yeah so i, I jumped there explore and I, I climb back by putting a collecting a wooden planks 
from that building and leaning them against the, uh, the, the wall. And what I didn't see when I was at the top is there was a piece of, um, um, not wire, but piece of like a, me- like a metal spike sticking out from the wall, uh, which I thought to myself, if I run and jump from the planks, I can hold that piece of um, metal and pull myself up and and leave. Um, but only when I was in the car driving back, I realized, why is my foot hurt so much? And then I looked and it was, you should have seen the color oh of the bruises goodness, on, my, me. On, on my, on my foot. And, but I did not feel any pain when uh, I was inside and when I was exploring. So that's the adrenaline. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. I uh, see. Yeah. yeah. It carries you through. That is so true, though. That is so true. I mean, in that sense, adrenaline can, well, it could almost be a dangerous thing, right? Because you could be in some crazy situation and it could affect the the, the risk analysis that your brain is carrying on in that moment. Oh, so before I went to China, I knew uh, that my brother, um, my brother got a scholarship to go to Hong Kong and study masters. So I knew, and I'm going to China, I knew that I will not see my brother for a long time. And I um, think he was doing some sort of internship in Germany at the time. And I figured if I do maybe a little road trip in Europe before I go to China, it would be a, a, a good uh, time for my brother and I to spend some time together. And we went to France and we were in this, in this building. Uh, there used to be some factory for um, Nazis during the war. That's what I remember. Um, we found some documents with like the swastikas logos. That's insane. The, That's insane. Uh, yeah, in on the top of the top of the building, and there was this. I remember there was this old-fashioned typewriter left behind that you you don't see those anymore. I mean, maybe in a museum that I really wanted to see. And I wanted, I was wondering if it was still there and we were exploring. It was fine. It was great. We were making our way uh, to the top of that, um, uh, to the top floor. We found this typewriter. We took pictures. It was great. And at some stage I hear we were, it was just me and my brother there. Right. And after a while, you kind of get a little bit comfortable. And all of a sudden, I hear, hello. I look at my brother. We looked at each other. And it was without saying anything, we just started walking towards the end of the corridor. And then when he got to me, I'm like, come down, Michael, come down and just follow me. And then we just, we just went, we just legged it as, as quickly as possible. And I'm sure this was another explorer who was mm. um, be- below us, uh, um, one floor down, who probably heard noise and he called it. But at that moment, it was so, so scary <laughs> that I don't, I don't know how. It, maybe it was like the adrenaline, but your senses were so, so sharp because this building was so huge. Mm. Um, and so what I'm trying to say with this is that 
so many times the way I enter the building is not the way I exit the building. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And at that moment, I was so surprised that I was managed to find exactly the point where we entered this building through, there was this window, higher, and it was, it was massive. And we managed to exactly. And then my brother was so surprised because he he was telling me, how did you know exactly how to leave this? Cause I, I was so lost. And I was like, I really don't know, but that was, that was so scary. But we were, we were in the car laughing so much about this situation. And yeah, this whole trip was, um, was a great, great experience. There's so it, many cool things. It happened. could have just turned out so much different if you were in a different part of the building yeah. and then you hear that voice, hello, you know, mm. yeah, that would have been a panic, you know, running around the uh, corridors, rooms that you don't know what mm. you're going to see. It's almost like a movie, you know, a scary movie where you just don't know what is going to confront you next. Um, yeah, who is who is this person, right? Who like is the you person? don't know who is this. Exactly. Yeah. Abandoned places they don't technically attract the the you know stand up guys like myself. <laughs> it's not the type. Right. It's not the type of yeah, they yeah. attract, right? Exactly. Another question yeah. I had because we've we've spoken quite a lot about photographs of of the places that you go to, and you know I would take this photograph and. You know, you spoke about the style of the photography of the Chinese explorers might be a bit more about macro photography and the close-ups and so on. But um, if there was, I mean, I, I feel like I know the answer to this already, but I just want to hear how you answer it for the audience. But if there was no Instagram, uh, Greg, would you still would you still do this? Because it's it's clearly not all just for the pictures, is it? Um, yeah, that's a great question. That's that's really great. Um, I have tattooed on my arm. Uh, a sentence in Chinese that says, um, find something you love doing and do it. Um, so I would definitely be exploring. And, you know, I sometimes um, have a bit of, sometimes have a, a regret of maybe not filming enough in the places. But I feel like when I, I, I really love photography and I really don't like filming. And I have a huge respect for those YouTubers um, who do a, a, a abandon, who go to abandoned places and they film it because I, I cannot enjoy it mm. if I'm, it's, if it's like all about filming. Mm. You want to be there um, in a moment. Yeah, and I, I tripped so many times if I'm when I'm holding like my camera <laughs> and, and 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 filming you because yeah. you don't look where you're going and it's almost like it, the experience I have is is not I'm it feels like a job if when I have the camera on it feels like I'm doing something for like to 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 show others and I'm not really taking in that place. Having said that, when I came back from Chernobyl, I I had a regular Instagram page, just your regular person posting pictures of my cat. Um, I posted a few of those pictures from Chernobyl. And the reaction I had uh, was, uh, you know, it was great. I was like, wow people seem to really like this. Like, this is this is great. And then, I mean, this is how I actually discovered the Urbex community because uh, in on Instagram, there is um, accounts, they're called feature hubs, where they would 
take your picture and post it on their account. And this is kind of a way of promoting different um, accounts because they usually have more followers. So other people can discover you and say like, oh, look, this, there's this guy doing this. And, and so people use different type of hashtags in order for their pictures to be seen. Mm. And all of this was new to me. I had absolutely no idea. And I had no idea there is, that this has a name. And I, you know, I, I, social media has um, sometimes negative rap and, and negative people say bad things about it. But I would say that in my case, I, um, I mean, I totally see, see this, this point. But mainly for me, it was great because I used it as a motivation. Because I, all of a sudden, I was in a situation where um, it kind of like give, gave me this, this motivation to, to go to that next place, to do something for the weekend. And I did it because I wanted to find places like Chernobyl. And I was chasing that feeling that I had when I was in Chernobyl. But at the same time, uh, posting the pictures it felt good because no matter what you do, when other people enjoy what you do um, and like what you do, then, and I'm not saying they give you likes. I'm just saying that people enjoy this and, and, and they like what you do. Mm. Um, it, it really, I mean, it, it feels great. I mean, mm. what can I say? I, I mean, it does feel great. Mm, mm. I think that's part of the of human nature, isn't it? We want to be loved for who we are and 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 the things that we like. And mm. if if we can become good at a certain thing in life, um, and and people enjoy that, whether that's us as a singer or a teacher or whatever it could be, a sportsman, it could be so many things. Mm. Um, it's natural, isn't it, for for fellow human beings to appreciate what others can do, uh, and and mm. that, that is what is beautiful about being human beings. So mm. with, in terms of your emotions as well, on that point, uh, Greg, wh when you finally do reach your destination, because obviously you're not there with your audience, you might post a picture at a later mm. date, they're not with you, mm. okay? But how do you describe your emotions to the people who are listening to this podcast? Like when you finally get to your destination, it could be after months of research and a really arduous trek through a desert or goodness knows what. And there you are after many hours and months of research and risking your life to a degree, you get to your destination. Describe your emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. And I would say, I would say definitely that uh, it's not glamorous when, when people see that picture and, and they say, Oh, I would love to go exploring with you. I'm like, are you sure? Because <laughs> I don't like on, honest, honestly, if you do, I don't think you would have, uh, that of a great time. I mean, at some stage probably, but it's mostly traveling. It's mostly being in the car in some sort of transport and spending ages and ages, um, driving somewhere or being, uh, trying to get somewhere. But you know what? When you um, arrive, and because there are those stages, you see, there are that like little stages. It's like a you uh, unpacking. It's like a little checkpoint, and then you achieve this. You first you research, 
then you, uh, the satisfaction of actually finding it, oh my God, it's there. Now I can find the exact coordinates. I can confirm it's there. And then, then you make that trip and you actually travel there. And then now you are outside, which still means it, that you have achieved nothing at that point. And now it's this game of like, how do I find my way in? Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes you have to walk around. Most of my friends would describe me as you find the, po- the worst possible way to get inside. <laughs> and then when we leave, we are like, oh, how did we not go this way? I mean, that was so easy to leave. Why didn't we? Yeah, but you don't know, right? Like what you have, what, what you discover inside, you just don't know it when you're on the outside. And then you go inside, you somehow manage to get inside this place. No one's seen you doing it, or maybe you avoid the security and, and you find something that's like, it's amazing that you want to take pictures of. Because nowadays when there is this, when I put the camera to my, I, I, by the way, I don't use tripod. So people make fun of me and I make fun of people who use tripods. I, I, I don't use tripod. I, I think it's crazy. I, I really, I don't understand how people explore with a tripod. Well, it's another five, five or my, 10 kilograms, isn't it? So to lug around in a backpack. Oh, exactly. And I have my, I already have my, my, uh, my camera with my heavy lens and, and a drone. Mm, mm. And yeah, yeah, I, I don't, but I'm in really in minority. Um, most explorers they have tripod long exposure and everything <laughs> yeah um but you see you see that's the thing i i feel like most people they what they know about photography they they probably have way m- much more skill when like technical knowledge and all that stuff where when it comes to photography but for me it's like you know that the cameras now are so powerful and you know, I'm not an alcoholic. I can hold my camera. My hands are not shaking. So, so like, I don't really see the problem with mm, the... It's good enough. The, okay. I, I agree that if you are in a dark, uh, abandoned theater and you place that camera and you do it right, your, your picture would probably came out much, much better than what I do. That's why you very rarely see abandoned theaters on my feed because those pictures are just not great. I'm not like super good with the low light, but the feeling is just incredible. Mm. It's so hard to describe because it's like this fulfillment that you, you did it, you arrived here. And I, I'm, I am a little kid. So I, I just start dancing. I'm not joking. <laughs> Seriously. All alone. We've no I, one I to do, see you and you start I, dancing. I, it doesn't matter. I just go a little dance in, in the middle, go around. There was this one place that's when people say like, what's the, like the most surprising thing that you ever found? I, I, this, I cannot remember when was the last time I was like so happy. It's where we were, it was again in, in the city. My friend told me about this place and we just went to check it out. I uh, would check out the satellite mode and there were few like, uh, this was a train factory. There were few trains outside, like single um, car, um, single, what they called, uh, train cartridges? No, what they called. Um, But anyway. I'm at a um, a loss as well (laughs) on that one. Yeah. Uh, so there were um, uh, a few of those single trains outside 
And the factory was... Oh, trains, like a tram. Nothing. A tram, you mean? No, but train is not like a one single... Mm. I don't know why I'm losing the word on this, but you know, your tra- trains are the um, they connect. They are, they connected, right? There's like the different what they called. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a locomo- There's a locomotive at the you know old days. There was a locomotive. I, I know, at the, I've got at I've the got front. the picture. Yeah, I can't think of it either. My my, my brain's and, not. And then and then and then it's a simple word. It's at the back of my tongue, but I can't. <laughs> but anyway. So there was there's a, this train factory is it was it was empty. There was nothing there. Um, I actually no no I am lying. There's there was one thing. There was a picture of Chairman Mao when he was a bit younger left inside there. So I took that. I I took it. I lifted it, and I uh, my friend took a picture of me doing that. And we were about to leave. Now, my friend. Um, and I think this was one of the first times that she went exploring. So when we arrived, she literally, and this was before I even had a chance to say hi to her, she went up to the security man and then she asked if we can walk in. And I just totally facepalm and I was like, oh my God, what is she doing? And obviously the guy told her that we cannot, there's nothing left inside and the whole, the, 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 the regular spiel. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you asking him? This is not, we're not going to ask. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we, then we walked around, climbed the fence and we got inside. And um, I was a little bit disappointed because there was, there was nothing different uh, in, inside there. But, you know, it was a weekend. It was in my city. So I, I, I left my house. I did something. It was great. And she said, how about we, instead of climbing back this fence, because it was a bit difficult. This one, this one had the spikes up and it was quite tricky to, to climb this one. And I knew she didn't like it. So she suggested that we just walk out and we just wave to the security man. And she said, by the time he realizes, we will be out. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I really didn't like this idea because I, I don't like to push my luck. Um, but I eventually, I was like, okay, just like, let's walk fast. Right. And then let's do it. But on my, on our way out, I noticed this uh, one building, huge building. And there was a bit of a noise coming from that building. Like someone was cutting something. And I'm like, Hey, how about let's, let's just, before we leave, let's check this building. We are walking inside this building. And I see a train inside now, but it's not just any train. It's a bullet train, abandoned bullet train. It's insane. And it has, it's like destroyed on, on one side. It's just clearly it's been there. It's one of those first um, editions of the, of the bullet trains. I think it's one of those one, maybe from the nineties mm. um, or early, early 2000 at mm. least. Mm. And I mean, nineties probably too early. Um, and the noise was, uh, was a scrapper. It was a, some guy that was just collecting copper and um, he didn't mind us there. I certainly didn't mind him. Um, I didn't have any conversation with him. I just went and, Nate, I, when I went to the front, it was the, the front of the train, the, the locomotive. I don't know if the bullet train, if they still called locomotive, <laughs> but I'm just going to call it the front of the train. 
And I just could not believe my eyes that there is an abandoned bullet train still sitting there in this abandoned factory. It was just, it was just insane. And the, the, place, the place was so huge that I knew I could still fly my drone inside this place. So I can still take a picture from, like, from the top of this. So I, because you know, when you are in a place, you can quickly assess what type of picture can you make. So I could already see how amazing this oh, is going man. to be. And have you got footage of that? Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I do, I do. Oh, it's just sometimes you have to, you have to scroll, you have to scroll down a little bit on 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 the gallery to find it. Yeah, so you would find this train there, and man, I I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. I was just dancing like crazy. I was, just, I, I think I was dancing for around one minute. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it, that's hilarious. It's, it's 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 what I do. I I do I do dance. Yeah, do yeah, dance. yeah. It, it, it just shows you the happiness that you're feeling though in that moment that 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 shows for mm. all that you've truly found something that you love doing mm. would you say that that experience then is 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 up there because i know one thing before we end the podcast i have to ask you about is the i think you called it the holy grail experience you know because you already uh. mentioned earlier about kazakhstan and i think mm. you mentioned about some kind of spaceship and people obviously it's i think i'm going to probably mm. put that in the title of this podcast because it, it just sounds insane like, could you tell us about that, <laughs> please? Yes, yeah, funny. It's uh, it's funny because I, I, literally today I was editing my website and I'm actually was writing this story. I wanted to uh, have it in the. This story is already in a in a podcast form and it's it's on YouTube as well. But I wanted to have like an article, my my own article. You know, describe it in my own words, mm. and I um. This was such a crazy story. Um, before I knew Urbex was a thing, before I was doing this, uh, remember I told you that I would frequency, frequently on internet find articles and I would enjoy other people, um, other people's pictures and, uh, and I would find those type of uh, things really fascinating. I came across this article about four explorers um, uh, Bob Tyson, Jana Elhoy, uh, Morgan, I don't want to butcher his name, and then it was uh, Friedrich Samples, Samples, that went, um, they were Dutch and Danish explorers. And they, there was an article about them, how they crossed this desert hike, um, infiltrated this Russian military base where it's called Baikonur Cosmodrome, where Russia still sends rockets to space. And somewhere there at the edge of that base, there is a hangar where there are two space shuttles sitting there um, that were part of what's called Buran Project, which is um, a Russian space project that was launched during the Cold War. There was a big, obviously, push to send a man to, to space. And um, yeah, Russia and America was, you know, trying to achieve that. And uh, yeah, after the fall of the Soviet Union, uh, the space program in Russia had massive cuts, massive cuts, and they abandoned this um, this program. And obviously, Americans sent sent first man to to to, to the moon. So, um, uh, but what Russians managed to achieve actually was. And I'm quite reluctant to praise them these days. Uh, but 
uh, they um, they built a space shuttle that looked very similar to the NASA space shuttle. Um, basically, um, a lot of people think that the Russians stole the schematics for it, but the truth is that the um, the it, it was widely available. Uh, those documents were widely available from NASA. They were public. You could find them uh, in the public libraries. And they improved it. They improved on the design because from the aerial dynamics point of view, this design was perfect. So there was no point of building a different type of shuttle. So they just took that design and they improved it. And they managed, this is 80s technology, Hmm. 80s technology. They managed to send this shuttle to space. This shuttle orbited the earth, went around the world, and it landed, and it was all remotely controlled, unmanned. Remote Not controlled? A, a yes. remote controlled spaceship? Yes. And, and, and it landed. And so this, the feat they managed to achieve, and it only happened once, it's such a cliche for, for like the, the, the Soviet Union, do it something once and then boom. And then never again. It's, that's it. Yes. And... um so yeah, so they and and after that they they abandoned this place. So you know when I learned all about this, um, I just could and, and also the, the 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 child in me and I uh, some when it comes to space, you know, like watching the movie the Apollo thirteen and Apollo twelve was it? <laughs> one of the I think one of the Apollos. Yeah, Apollo thirteen is probably the the one that most people know about. Um, yeah, and uh, so I could not comprehend that there is a place in the world where there could be space shuttles, like abandoned, that no one cares. This, saying those words, for me, it's, uh, it's unreal. How? This costs millions. Of course, yeah. This is not. You'd this think is, it would be in a special not, museum, like a you know, but not 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 abandoned in the middle of a desert. Uh, Nate, the building, the MZK, it's called the MZK hangar. The engineering that comes to for just for this building is insane. In terms of that huge door that they open, they have to bring this shuttle. They're like all the parts that move at the top that you can, you know, build this thing and move. There's another building that holds the rocket because the way they build this shuttle, the shuttle would be attached to the rocket and the rocket would propel this, this shuttle to, to, to obviously to the orbit. And so this, 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 the engineering genius that went um, uh, into building this place and the amount of people and expertise uh, that must have worked there, it, it, it just boggles my mind that all of a sudden, all of this is just empty and no one cares. And guess what? The windows are broken, but where is the glass? Inside. It's not outside because... You know, when when you when vandals comes to the place and they destroyed the place, they break the glass. The glass is outside, right? But when the wind and the natural 
the, the destruction of these buildings put, because it's in a very harsh environment. It's in the in the desert, the the winter deserts. Um, uh, it's it's very harsh and uh, winds blew into this hangar, destroyed the outside frame of it. They destroyed the windows. Um, so many birds, so many pigeons trapped inside. And all of this just sits there and rusts away since like the early 90s. Soviet Union collapsed in 92, I believe. Insane. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So I could not, when I read this article, that those guys went, this, I thought these guys are like some sort of special forces or like, that this is like insane. Who does this? Who are those people? I could not, I, I was like, how, how is this done? How do they find out about it? Hmm. How is that they were physically able to do it? And because they slept there and how how they you know had enough water food to do this mm, mm. and and to think of that bob tison and Jan elhoy they are my friends right now oh you're mates with these <laughs> to, guys today yeah that's incredible to think man. of that yeah i cannot i just cannot believe this i i just cannot believe it you know and i would say this is a place that um you know, maybe it brings a certain reputation, obviously, um, because everyone wants to do it, but you need to be a special kind of crazy to do it. <laughs> a special type of crazy. To, to, <laughs> to, 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 yeah. To, I, I was, I was um, supposed to do it with another explorer, but um, I, he he cancelled on me and i was already training for it you know i was um i was researching uh, a lot about this it took a year to to research everything and i would pack my bag and every friday night for 3 months i would um at 8 pm i would walk around my city uh, until the morning until 4 or 5 am in the morning um, cause what I've learned is that I would have to condition myself first to drink the least amount of water because, um, I simply don't want to pack that much, that many liters of water because it's not the hike. It's not the walking that kills you. It's the, the weight, the weight of the stuff. Yeah, the yeah. weight. Yes. Your equipment, your food, your clothes, your sleeping bag, your sleeping mat, mm, mm. um, and your yeah your equipment your, 20 your water, kilograms right, right? 20 30 kilograms yeah. you're lugging around yeah yeah and so um i've had to learn about the distribution of the weight in your bag i had to buy a bag that would allow me to put certain things in a certain places um and you know you have to learn how to strap you you you, you cannot just carry your bag on one arm oh no that's the worst it'll dig into your arm it's all about well here's here's your mathematics again the center of gravity isn't it the the weight distribution yeah (laughs) yeah and i was not you know i wasn't a great great hiker i I had no idea about so i just had to ask i ask and i um and i i I just took, took those points um obviously i did some running i did that hiking um that was um, a little bit insane. Many times I uh, I was asking myself, like, do I 
want to do this. It was just, you know, towards the beginning, I had my friends would join me like 8 p.m. My friends would join me and they would walk with me for like two hours, three hours sometimes. Um, because I, I had this, we had a really nice path around, around the bay in our city. Um, so it was really nice night walk. Um, but after, the, you know, they, they just normal people, they go home and I just stayed all night walking. Yeah, and it was, um, it was insane. But um, I did um, eventually um, go to Kazakhstan and, <laughs> and convince the taxi driver to drive me to the middle of the highway and leave me there. And then I went and I was on, on my way to, um, when I say desert, I want to uh, also clarify that it's not like a Sahara Gobi type of desert. Uh-huh. It's more, so, more of a, it's more of a like steps, like a, a Kazakhstani step. Yeah. Yeah. I get um, you. And, and it's, um, and it's, um, it's not flat. It, there's all there's a lot of ups and downs, ups and downs, and obviously um, at some stage you have there is a sign that says like this is the military base that you shouldn't be here, turn around, um, and there are some dirt roads in there that would the security jeeps or just other personnel would sometimes drive on those roads, um, which is something that I planned to use, but. Um, I was there with another person. That's, I think I've been talking for so long. That's really a, um, maybe a different story um, that the, the person I was with. But um, so I was there with someone else. I ended up going there with someone else. Uh, and we noticed someone in the dark, like someone to wear a, a black uniform. Mm. Um, I could, that's, I mean, I could just see a person that was all dressed in black. and. If, if very much in the distance and I just didn't, we didn't want to risk it walking on those um, dirt roads. So we had to very early on in our journey, maybe three kilometers in, uh, deviate completely from the plan that added extra, extra time to our journey. And it was 14 hours walking. 14 hours with yes. all that weight on 14. your back. My gosh. My gosh, yeah. in, in in cold uh, was the weather cold as well. October, yeah, so it's pretty cold. Um, but you know, walking walking helps with that. Um, Nate, the sky, the sky—I've never seen so many stars in my life. Mm, lack of light pollution. There's, there's, oh my god, that's that. I this this is, you don't see this thing things nowadays. Like you, you know, you have to go really out there to see a, a, a sky like this. I didn't know. I even forgot that we have the, the, the night sky. So it's like a velvet blanket of beautiful sky uh, oh. uh, uh, stars in the sky, was it? Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful. Wow. And we obviously timed. I, the way I planned this, um, I tried to minimize the risk of getting caught. So I very early made the choice. Uh, that I would only move um, during the night. So when you go to see those shuttles, you really can't hope, uh, can't help that you really would also like to see the rocket. 
because a one kilometer away from the hangar where the shuttles are, there's another hangar where there's abandoned space rocket, size of a skyscraper. Like it sounds insane. Sounds insane. It's insane. So when you do this, you really want to uh, see those two things. Of course, it doesn't make sense to go all that way and then just give up when you're one kilometer away from the other from the rocket. So most of the people that I talk, I talk to some Russian explorers. And people, uh, most of the people get caught and they, they told me they got caught because, and I totally understand this. When you're in this space, if you're in this hangar and you are there, you probably arrive at night and you take your pictures, at some stage you are done. Like at some stage, you, it's over. Mm. Like you explore everything, mm. even though this place is huge and it will take you like 10 hours, for example. Mm. But, you know, if you wake up at 5 a.m., you know, you, you would, you still have a bit of a half of the day to just do what? So people are just impatient and they would cross and that's how they get caught. Mm. People, they, I totally, I, I saw Jeeps hanging or driving around this place when I was inside and, and I was, um, I was lucky and um, they would see, they would see people outside and probably that's why they would, people would get caught. So I promised myself knowing all this and talking to people that I would only move at night. So I would stay in that hangar, whatever it takes. And I would only move at night, um, arrive at night, spend the one day, next night, go to the hangar, wait the whole day, and then following night, leave and go back. Mm, makes sense. Now, obviously, now, obviously, obviously, I did not expect. We started hiking. Um, I think after ten. Yeah, I think around eleven, mm. eleven or twelve, mm. we started hiking because it was October. It was really cold. Um, I was actually surprised how cold it was. I wasn't really expecting to be that cold. Um, this is one thing I underestimated the, the, how cold it was. So um, we we arrive. The um, there is kind of like this stop that people make along the highway. Um, this kind of like really cliche ninety seventy Soviet cafe. It, they call it cafe. It's just like a building where a guy sells you a soup and a coffee, um, and. Um, not even parking, it's just dirt road and people would stop there if they like driving tracks, right? Because it's just nowhere. It's like you are in not, like there's no, no man's land. Mm. So we, 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 we hike from there around 12 because I felt like this is a time where it would be a little bit warmer. Um, and we, um, I just did not expect that there would be security during the day in the desert. That just never really crossed my mind that there would be someone in that desert um, and we saw that guy, so we had to we had to abandon our original plan, plan and go with another plan. But I, I studied that map so many times that I could just I would knew exactly where I was just by looking at my phone. It's incredible, man. And um, and when we and yeah, and um, Nate, that moment, I think it was like two or three. When you arrived in the, at night, when you arrived at this um, hangar, first it was like a bit of a panic because uh, we found this entry point that leads us to nowhere. Um, and I was like so disappointed. I was like, oh my God, 
what if there's no entrance? I went all this way, flight <laughs> halfway across the globe, and then I cannot get inside. And then obviously I was afraid that if we spend too much time outside, either we would get caught because we would make some noise or eventually the sun would rise and someone would um, catch us. But eventually there was, there was a broken window in one of, the, one of the sites and we managed to get climb through that and get inside and putting the light on those shuttles and that first moment of seeing them. Oh my God. This was incredible. The first thing that comes to my mind, and this is probably super cliche, but you cannot comprehend how huge they are. It's, it's, it's the, the pictures, they do not serve justice. Um, that's why I needed to climb on top. And I needed to take a picture of myself on top to just give a perspective of like how tiny I am on top of this display. This shuttle is so huge. I mean, is it as big as a football field? Something like that? Or half? This hunger, the hunger is, the hunger is definitely like that. And you could fit two space shuttles in there. Um, So think about that. Obviously, it's not as big as a football field shuttle, but the, the hangar was the hangar like is, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this place, and, and I climb all the way to the top, all the way, that climbing those stairs <laughs> after hiking for 14 hours with this bag. Oh, man. Superhuman that, I think energy. That took, that took me... I think an hour in itself, just climbing the stairs. Mm, mm. The amount of times I just wanted to give up, but I was so determined that I, I, I need to set up shop at the top because this is probably the safest place. And, and I, just, um, I just went to sleep. It was so close, so, so cold. How did it you manage so to cold. sleep in I, the cold weather though? Because that's really hard to do. Uh, so, so first of all, I had the sleeping bag with me. I put every piece of clothing uh, on top that I had. So I had the I had these trousers, but I also had shorts because I really wasn't sure. Like, because uh, you know, in your mind, when you think to yourself, like, oh yeah, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be walking through the desert. Yeah, you the think desert, desert you think heat, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm going to get sweaty. So I'll probably take shorts with me just in case I get uh, too, um, it's, it's too hot. <laughs> Those shorts, I put them over my trousers. <laughs> so you don't care about fashion of... when you're doing this? That's... <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You, 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 you don't. No, no. You don't. So uh, I can send you this, Nate. The, the video I took of myself when I woke up and I looked down at the shuttles, and then I obviously have the pictures of myself before this trip. I think that you could think that those are two different people. No I mean, way. I'm maybe I'm exa- exaggerating, but my God. Yeah, send tired. it off, man. I'll tell you what I think. That's, oh. <laughs> that sounds hilarious. <laughs> and and I, I couldn't, once, uh, once I started uh, doing like, a, you know, I uh, took a picture, a video of myself. I couldn't hold it. I, I, I started crying. Wow. Overcome of emotion in that moment. I was so emotional. This was the sense of achievement I felt. The best Mm. day of my life. Really? The best day of your life? Of your life? Best day of my life. 
of my life. It's incredible. I've man. never done anything uh, more than I pr- I'm proud of than this. And uh, it was insane. I I sat in the astronaut seat. No way. I in, I, yes, I went inside. I climbed through this tiny little hole that in, there was a there's a there's a um, a window on top of the shuttle that sat, it's so thick. So the person that must have smashed this glass, it's insane. How would they have Absolutely done that? Insane. I have no idea. I have no idea. But they, someone smashed it, and and you know people would steal like pieces of this shuttle from the the because the shuttle has like this um little panels, they like foam type of panels. It's very hard for me to describe it, but it's um and I put my hand on it um to to like because people there was a few quite a few of them were missing, and I tried to and it was so hard. They, they, they stuck to the shuttle so hard. So people must have then go, go out of the way to like take something out of it. And I'm really against taking anything. Um, and I tell you something. There was this one room that was filled with documents. And I came across some blueprints. And, and I, I, honest to God, this was a little fantasy that I had that I uh, told myself, Greg, if you find a, a, a blueprint of this space shuttle there, I mean, I, you, I'm taking this. That's something I'm, I'm, very I'm, special. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so. I'm, I'm sorry. You can I'm break sorry. the rule just that once. I'm, just that once. <laughs> I'm gonna be a hypocrite. I'm gonna be a hypocrite, and I am going to break my own rule. But um, obviously, um, obviously, I, I have not found this, and there was no bullet, bulletproof uh, bullet um, print of uh, of that. Uh, obviously there wasn't but yeah exploring this place Nate goodness me do you, do you think you could ever top something like that I mean it'd be very hard to right yeah yeah I'm sure that one day people would someone will come across something crazy I mean I did find a, 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 a rocket here in China uh, that was crazy um, which um, gave me that feeling again very similar mm. And it's such a funny story. I feel like sometimes the uh, places find me these days than mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than uh, than the other way around. Mm-hmm. It was um my at that time my girlfriend's friend posted a picture of just driving somewhere through China, and they took a picture from like from the car driving through the window of like a, some rocket standing there that no one knew about. Because it was in the, it's just nowhere, nowhere. A, a, a rich developer bought this rocket. How? No idea. When you, when you send rocket to space, you don't just build one. And he acquired this rocket. Maybe it was a mock-up they, they tried to build because the, the rocket inside the, um, the, um, the Buran um, in, in that Russian military base um, it was a mock-up rocket, so you because you obviously sometimes build something to just see how it would work, or if you you want to test the mechanism of like bringing this rocket from the building, because you obviously when you build it something in the in, in the building, you you still need to take it out, right? You have to move it. So sometimes you build um, 
things um, to be, for example, a prototype, right? So one of the shuttles in the, uh, there's two shuttles in that, in that hangar. One of them is a prototype and one of them was like 98% completed. It was mm. supposed to be the next one in space. The real McCoy. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> you see, it is going to be really difficult to top it uh, for sure. There are a few places. There is one place that I have in mind, which is in uh, Japan. Uh, maybe you've seen it. It was in, I think it was in a, a Casino Royale in a Bond movie. This is a, um, an island. Um, the whole island is abandoned and it looks like a, um, a very concrete type of buildings. Uh, there was a mining com- community uh, Mitsubishi, I think, used to own this place. They found uh, coal underground. Uh, they used to finance um, the coal from that uh, place. Used to finance the, the the war machine behind the Japanese imperial invasion in in World War Two. And this whole island is is abandoned, and the weather in Japan is extreme so to get to this island by yourself it's not like you can get a kayak or a, a mm. rubber dinghy mm. you you really need a, someone with a boat that can take you and a lot of the buildings are in really uh, poor states it's, it's quite dangerous and 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 um i i know explorers who are in japan there's this one guy um american guy who calls himself ghost in Japan, who tried now three times, I believe, to get them. In every time he he went there, um, the the water was just too crazy, too risky wow, so to he, do it. Yeah, he had to cut his losses, so to speak. Yeah, and that's one of the places that seems like a a, a huge mission. And actually, COVID destroyed my plans because I used to live in a city called Qingdao. Um, I'm not sure if you know. There's a beer. There's a beer called Tsingdao beer. Uh, It's produced in that city. Uh, And um, there was only two hour flights to Japan from that city. So I meant to be going to Japan for the weekends. I meant to do that. And this was the the year that COVID happened. That was uh, meant to be my year where I would dedicate this year to traveling to Japan. And also... Above Japan, there is a Russian island that holds the most beautiful abandoned place that I've ever seen in my life, which is abandoned lighthouse uh, that I meant to go there and uh, COVID destroyed my plans. I meant to uh, uh, travel to England, back to England for the first time in, in, since coming to, to China, just so I can get the um, international driving license because Japan is so crazy. And maybe this would also describe the type of person I am. I went to Japan um, on the tw- on the, if, during Christmas, just before Christmas, because COVID uh, in China started happening in, the, in the, a very early January 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where like, everything started going crazy. Mm-hmm. So a few weeks before this, I went to Japan and I meant to do some exploring because Japan also is it's a beautiful place for abandoned places. And no one wanted to rent a, a car. I couldn't rent a car 
because the, the international driving license I had was not the specific one that Japan wants. So for the Japan, if you have a British driving license, you have to have a very specific one. You can get it only at the post office. So I didn't have that. And I couldn't drive, meaning I couldn't get to the places that I wanted. So what would you do, Nate, if you go to Japan and this happened to you? That's an impossibility, isn't it? Of, of well, I mean, yeah. Unless you you, you oh. get help from someone who has a license, but again, then you have got to source someone oh, else. Okay, who, or a car, or a but, car. Yeah. But would you? But would you go to a city? Maybe stay for a couple of days. Go to a few restaurants. Enjoy. It, it, it is your first time in Japan, by I, the way. I think it is your first time. You've never been. So to you mean Japan you get before. there? You don't have the license, so you can't do what you got. You want yeah. to do, but you're there anyway. I mean, yeah. For me, I I, I would. Uh, yeah, I would try and link with a few people out there. I would, call, I mean, I, you know, I would text people saying, "Hey, can you hook me up with people in Japan?" And then I would just start exploring. I mean, I wouldn't do typical tourist stuff, no. Mm. But I, I'd go to a couple of yeah. restaurants. But I, I would try and make the good use of it. I, I suppose. Yeah, and I also feel like Japan is like a very unique place, very different to rest of the world. That you maybe would want to just yeah see a few things. How Everyone loves it. Everyone there, I right? know who's gone loves it. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. I would love, I, I mean, n- now I'm, I, what I'm about to tell you, I feel like maybe I should revise a little bit the, my way of thinking. But what I did, Nate, is I only spent seven or eight hours in Japan. I booked a flight, flight back, went back. What, so, so you arrive in Japan, you realize you can't do what you got to do. I haven't left air, the airport. You stayed in the airport? Yeah, I, 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 it, because I was, um, I, I arrived uh, at night. So I found one of those places where they have this like a um, beds, like a, a um, it's like a really like a cubicle type of thing where you just go inside. It's like a very cheap, the cheapest possible way to, to sleep overnight. If you just, if you have to, if you have no other option, um, if you don't want to spend a lot of money for like hotel or fancy hotel. So I, yeah, I, I just booked into that. Um, before I went to sleep, I booked a first flight uh, in the morning, and uh, yeah, woke up and straight back. I, I mean, why? <laughs> because I don't. Because because I couldn't drive. I couldn't get to the places uh, you wanted I wanted to. I wanted to go, and and to be honest, at that time, this was 2019. I didn't feel like I have um, that many connections. Now I know a few people in Japan that I would. Obviously, I would just go to just buy them a beer and say hi to them and meet them in person. What exactly? But yeah. at that time, at that time, I didn't know anyone in Japan, and I really don't care about anything else. Goodness, since me. Chernobyl, I don't care about anything else. So this is the only thing I do, and I mean it. This is the only thing I do, and I love it so much. And I, uh, I mean, besides the podcast, <laughs> and. And I, um, yeah, so I didn't feel like I needed to see Japan. It's amazing. And I feel this is a little bit crazy. I feel like maybe I made a, a bit of a mistake. Uh, maybe I should have just, um, uh, just, just, just at least go to Osaka. People say Osaka is such a nice city. Yeah, take a few days, um, enjoy. But it, it, I feel like yeah. your urbex is, is, is such a, you know, it's like your one and true love, you know, your only love, so to speak, that, mm. that maybe you can't think of anything else because you, you just love it that much. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad I'm wearing um, the headphones, and my girlfriend 
doesn't hear what you just said because I am gonna. <laughs> I, I should revise what I said. <laughs> no, no, no. She she cannot hear you. She cannot hear. You. So I am confirming that is true. <laughs> or I should say, excluding the girlfriend because you you can love her too. That's that's totally uh, totally okay. Yeah, but yeah. what one thing just before yeah. ending up because we've been speaking for so mm. long. But it's, it, I mean, we could talk all day. I know. I'm but, so sorry. No, no, I'm no. So uh, sorry. Th- listen, the the audience are gonna absolutely love it. It's just I, I'm I I haven't eaten for hours and I'm I'm, I'm sitting here flagging but i just wanted to ask you before because my mind is running you know like obviously you got Mm. to the russian spaceships and you had to walk there for 14 hours how on earth i mean you know you've you've done all of that you've seen it you've videoed it you've uh, taken photos of the hangar and the space it just sounds incredible and i have seen a couple of the photos and by the way i would encourage all of you listening to check out the photos of greg on those hangars and so on but i mean and, and by the rocket but how once you've done all that, Greg, you have to then come back. Uh, that's a lot of hard work. After you've gone there, gone through the desert, taken the risks, seen what you wanted to see, get your photographs, you then have to have the arduous task of walking back just to get home. I mean, that must be soul-destroying. How, how did that journey back go? Um, you know, the circumstances of this are very, I would say, if I say dramatic, I probably wouldn't, uh, be far away from descri- like actually describing what happened. So Nate, I told you that it took, took us 14 hours to get into the hangar, right? Mm-hmm. Guess how long it took me to go back. And I say me, because before I said us, I say me, how long it took me to go back. So, Guess. Wait a minute. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you went with your, with, with, uh, you said, the guy that you wanted to go with, he cancelled. This mm-hmm. was the original one. So you went with another explorer. Yep. Um, well, well, not an explorer. Yeah. What? I mean, a friend or someone, something? Or? Someone, someone who claimed. This was so bizarre. I, I'm not sure if you are familiar, but there is a YouTuber called um, Josh exploring with Josh. He's very popular. Um, him and I, we, we plan to do it. Uh, he actually was in Japan a month prior and he got just burned, burned, burned out and he canceled on me. Um, and, but I was determined I will do it. I, I, I've just been training for three months. I researched this for one year. I am going. So I booked the flights and I was planning to do it by myself. And I know what you're thinking. You are crazy. I know. But I just, I, I already convinced myself that I have to do it because I rather have this short and exciting life now than long and boring. <laughs> I and, love it. <laughs> and I oh, love that. I said I, I, I three or four days before some guy messages me on, on Instagram and, and tells me this story, how he got, just got dumped before his wedding. Oh, poor and guy, man. He, and he wants to do something. And I look at his pictures and he, if he is into it. He is into the abandoned places. Clearly mm. he has pictures there. So I was like, oh yeah, this is another explorer. I just never heard of him. That's a similarity and, as well. If I can just quickly say, because obviously you, you mm. not, not the same, but you know, your, your divorce came before you went to Chernobyl. And then this guy's saying, oh, I was about to get married and, and it, it finished. So, you know, yeah, yeah. that's an yeah. interesting similarity yeah. then yeah yeah so so i um i i could re- i totally could relate and um and he I, you know i ultimately you know the people that you meet online he, they tell you 
things, you know, they are in charge of what they tell you. So the person that you, that you meet eventually, um, and you go through events with that person, you eventually get to know this person a little bit more than the online person. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, yeah. He, he basically convinced me that he, um, is up for the challenge. And to be honest, I was thinking to myself, you know, it's another person, like it's, it's someone to talk to and uh, whatever, like it's, 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 it's going to be better for me, safer. I felt silly me uh, to do it with someone else. That's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, I, and, I would and, think the same, I think. And, and honestly, after everything I'm going to tell you next, I still think that this was a good choice. Mm. Even though what I'm what I'm going to say next, <sighs> like I really, I really, don't, I'm not trying to like go super negative about this person and, and all that stuff. And because uh, remember when I said about this, this we met this person in the desert. I mean, we saw a person in the desert that I thought was a security or some military person, like super far. Um, so this guy. He was actually, um, he convinced me to get off that dirt road. And I felt, uh, because I, I just couldn't believe it. I felt like, what? Like, why would someone be there? It's just some guy with a dog went for, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I feel like I'm, now I'm sounding ridiculous when I'm thinking about this. But because, like, I am always going to be grateful to, to him that he convinced me to get off that dirt road and go deep into the desert. And I feel that we, we made it ultimately um, mm. because it was a series of good decisions and this was a good decision. Mm. But Nate, he traveled uh, from America. He had a layover in Frankfurt in um, Germany and Lufthansa lost his bag. He had his equipment, but he lost a lot of his equipment. Oh, a lot of his bag, like... He didn't have his jacket. He didn't have sleeping bag. He didn't have a um, um, sleeping mat. So he, so I, I told him, you have to buy those things. So when we were in uh, this city called Kiseloda, we um, went to the shopping mall. I was quite surprised that we found a functioning city. Uh, this was like the functioning shipping mall, shopping mall because like the city was just like a postcard post-soviet city that you would see in the in the mm. movies mm. <laughs> but but um yeah he just refused he just like i know man i know how to do it i i hiked in the grand canyon i did this i did that like i am uh, you know i know how to do it and it's okay i don't need a sleeping mat i don't need a sleeping bag bag um at, at least he bought a jacket at least he bought a, a bigger bag like uh, those things he needed mm. And when I was researching this, I also, uh, besides researching the, the bag and hearing how other people did it, I really realized one thing. There's no need for tripod. There's no need for like some huge lenses, um, heavy lenses. Um, you just bring one camera and it's fine. And, 
you have to cut losses in order to achieve something. Sometimes you do need to cut. So you need to give up something in order to achieve something mm, else. Mm. Sure. Sure. Maybe I could have brought better lens, um, and have a tripod and maybe some of the place, some of the places that this glide goes in are a little bit blown up. And I'm not like exactly hundred uh, percent happy with, with everything that I've done with the pictures that I got. But you know what? Um, I am happy with what I got now because maybe if I made a different decision, I would ended up like him. He didn't listen. He took a tripod, five kilos. The lens that he had, Nate, was massive. It was like a, I felt like it was the half of my table and I'm, that was extra 10 <laughs> kilograms. And I'm like, you don't need this. You don't need this. He was wearing his, ba- his, his uh, bag on one arm. Oh, come on. And, the, the way he was drinking the water, it was just crazy. I felt how he that he would run out of water just on the way in, and I actually ended. He ended up drinking one of my bottles of water. I only had four liters of days in in those. That's that's not a lot for a trip that long there and back. Three days. Because, but also you have to understand, I am really trying to change and and start drinking waters. But at the time I trained myself for this and I, so I conditioned myself to just have a little sip of water. I had a little tube, it stuck to my bag and I had a water like on my back, had this little pouch with, with water. So I really was very conscious about the water when I was doing this. And I would constantly, he would constantly ask about, um, uh, you know, how long, how much have we traveled? And I would say to him, I, I wouldn't t- say exactly where, because if we did, I mean, we did one kilometer, I said we done three, you know, that kind of thing to just kind of motivate <laughs> just to him keep to him keep going. going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you have to understand as well that uh, when you have this goal in mind, even if you're not prepared, um, it, it drives you. It drives you. But I would say after six or seven hours out of those 14, um, I already knew that the, the, this relationship is over. Oh, my goodness. If we somehow, if we somehow achieve this thing, I, it will be over. Um, I just... It just he, he was annoying you that listen. much. The way he was, um, when I was um, seeing him wearing this bag, I just knew that he this is gonna kill him. And but then it's not just me. It's like what happens if this guy cannot walk and we still are in the middle of no. Oh yeah, then like, then you'd what, feel what responsible. I, for what him, do I do? Exactly, exactly. But at the same time, we are two strangers. I have no actual responsibility for him. We just met. I don't know you, right? I like so, but you cannot help to feel responsible. Of course, of course. But not only that, he, he, suppose something happened to him. Suppose he died. You, not only would you yes. feel bad because obviously you're a decent guy. You'd, even if it's not your fault, you'd still feel it would. It would traumatize you. You'd feel bad as a human being, right? But not only that, the law. You maybe you could be in trouble with the law. Like, hey, you were with this guy. You shouldn't have done this. Blah 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 blah. And before you know it, you're you're in some legal case for something that technically wasn't your fault. Yes, yes. And Nate, 
um, on top of that, obviously you're walking, you, you're talking, so you're hearing stories. And it seems like every relationship he used to be in, he has a court case against those women. <laughs> free, free court cases. Oh my goodness so to, me. <laughs> to put all of this yeah. in, in context, yeah, that's, that's, that's absolutely insane. And by the time we arrived, his knee... Um, he, 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 he was over. He couldn't walk him anymore. Oh, no. He was limping. He was limping. Um, that hiking in Grand Canyon, he later on told me that he had to call the hel- helicopter to get him out. What? Yes. So he got like, he went somewhere and he just couldn't go back. And guess what? The, this story was about to repeat itself. Oh, no. When, so, so to go back to it, it, t- it took us 14 hours to go in. It took me eight hours to go back. You were that much quicker without him? Because I was going without it, but it wasn't because I wanted. We left in the middle of the night. It was so cold. I actually found um, like uh, some sort of thermal blankets left by someone. I wrapped them around my arms and I put my um, um, jacket on top of them. So when I was walking in the desert, all I could hear was this sound, shh, 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 because this thing was making that that noise. Mm. So I was, tick- I, and it was, you know, it, it's silent in there in the middle of the night you are in the middle of nowhere so you could just hear some you know crickets or whatever and it's silent and you just hear this noise by walking and i don't really want to stop a lot of the time because i'm cold previously i started walking at 12 not you know in the middle of the night when it's really cold and when you stop then you obviously generate sweat when you walk and when you, and that it just, it's more, it makes you cold, makes you even more cold when you're walking and you are sweating. So to stop, it's, it's worse. And I didn't want to freeze in there in, on that desert. So he would stop. The reason he would stop very frequently, frequently and have a rest is because that leg, just that leg, just, he couldn't handle it. And obviously, there's uh, walking to the hangar was one thing, but you, when, once you're inside the hangar, you do very, you do a lot of walking as well because you go up this there, up there, go there, go there, take pictures of different angles. The rocket, imagine uh, taking a picture of the rocket. You have to climb to the top of the skyscraper using stairs to take a p- good picture from the top, right? Because you want that yeah, picture. Yeah, that, that in itself is demanding, the, isn't it, for many people? The, 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 the rocket is the picture from the top and, the, and from the bottom. That's, that's it, really. There's not much you can, you can do there. So um, we, um, at some stage, we end up having this argument. I pull up my phone because we would frequently have little arguments. And at some stage, he started saying um, to leave him. Uh, because 
ultimately what happened, I said to him like, man, like if you want to have a break, you have to tell me because obviously I am walking a little bit faster than you are. You've been by deep, you're faster than you. I, you are behind me. And because of the noise that my arms are making, I cannot hear you. So if you just stop, I will, like, I don't know that you're stopping. Just, so just and then he can be miles me. behind just, without just you knowing. Just call me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah just, just call me and then you want to stop. Like, I never planned to, to leave him, obviously. Um, and he said that, um, oh, maybe it's a bad, he, he didn't really say, like, explicitly leaving me. He was just like me. Oh, it's better. It was probably a better idea if if you go and you leave me alone, that kind of stuff. And I was like, no, 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 no. We we I, we cannot do this. We came here together. We're gonna come back together. Now, I knew that his plan was to get caught because that was his only way of of leaving that place. That place. That's what I realized at the end. Wow. And at one state, at one moment, one point. I was walking, I turned around and I couldn't see him. And I spent about 10 minutes trying to find him. And I was going and obviously, obviously I cannot shout because we are still at the point where I can see a floodlight from the, the, the military place. You know, the, the light would carry in the desert for so long. So I could still see this, the, the lights from the base. So I am trying to not to get caught. And at the same time, I cannot obviously shout. Um, but I am saying, you know, I'm, I'm trying to call him. And he's just, he's just not there. And then I decided, what do I do? And obviously, I, already, I, I don't even know which direction he went. Because you see, the thing is, I'm the one who is telling us where to go because I know where to go. He was following me. So this was really scary. And then the point that, that he left me in that position, it, it was really selfish of him mm. because there were so many things that I was, I was like, my God, what's going to, like if something happened to him, like, would he like, um, well, like, would I, would I be in, in like, it, would there be like some, uh, uh, lawsuit would I be like legally would he like sue me for this you'd be another one on his list would... <laughs> yeah yeah, ex <laughs> yeah exactly so um, I was not just worried about his safety mm. I was also worried about like what how is this gonna affect me of course yeah but but I Nate I had no choice it, it was colder and colder and I had to go I, I just had to go. My last conversation with him, I actually had, um, when I was talking to him, I, I pulled up my phone and I recorded this conversation because I was also afraid. Oh, you mean as a, as a defense, um, should anything happen, you've got that recorded, yeah, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I was like, why, why is this guy telling me to, to leave him? Why is he so adamant about this? Um, so I just wanted to have this recorded because this is crazy. Um, and yeah, at some stage, um, I turned around, he wasn't there and I had to go. Wow. So, I mean, obviously, so you got and home. So, I mean, what, so what's happened to this guy then? You, you just don't know. So, yeah, just before you, uh, I tell you this, I, um, I've never been like 
delirious or seeing things that's not there. And I feel like this is the closest, this journey back, it was the, I think like it was the closest thing that I came. I think I was really tired. Um, I re- I was exhausted. I was walking so fast. And I heard, because I heard about like wild dogs or like some coyotes or some wolves in the desert. I've heard about that. I heard them. I heard them. And that was really scary. And at some point I started running because I felt like there's this light behind me um, that was chasing me. And I was, I was running with the bag and my legs are killing me. And it, 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 was, it was really bizarre what was happening to me. Uh, I could not explain it. But I think I was just so exhausted so physically and mentally tired that I probably was seeing things that were not there. And yeah, finally I arrived at the highway. It was amazing. It was amazing. I was, um, I was knocking on people's doors. I was like knocking on, on windows because there were people um, that parked their cars, lorries and other cars that were just driving through the desert and they stopped there to have a rest or sleep through the night. And I was just knocking on people's windows and, uh, and, and, and begging them to let me in. And because I could feel the heat radiating from the outside just by being close to the car. Mm. And when they opened the window, the heat, it was like, it was the cold, it was the warmest uh, feeling, like literally that I had mm. in the last three days. Goodness it was me. beautiful. And what an oasis and for you. This, Oh, but no one would wanted. No one wanted to help me. Um, and I and I just there was this building that used to be that cafe that used to be open. And Nate, I am going to add to your editing for this podcast. I'm just gonna very quickly grab my charges. I'm really sorry about this podcast. I just got a notification about the battery, and I don't want to um, kill this interview. No you, okay, give me two seconds. No I'm problem. sorry, so sorry. No problem. Consider this as a climactic event here, right? <laughs> we can Stay even tuned. keep it in. We can even we we can even keep this into the podcast. It's been almost three hours, so another twenty seconds. Stay tuned, or, guys. Stay yes, tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay. Okay. Coming back. Coming back. Coming back. Okay. We are all safe. Um, Good stuff. And I think I'll keep that in this, just for the just 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 for the, uh, <laughs> for, for the drama. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry about that, guys. Um, he hasn't abandoned and, us. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I I was you see I was led to believe that this uh, so-called cafe would be open twenty four hours, uh, and I imagined this would be happen. There would people. This would be probably the only stop. In the on the highway in the middle of absolutely nowhere, that people would stop and have a chance to eat something, and uh, so that so and again they would be arriving any time right. So I thought this would be open, but I arrived. I feel like around maybe four a.m. in the morning, and I just stayed there on the stairs, banging on the door. No one would answer. And I was just so cold. I was so cold. I was shivering with cold. And I feel like one of the guys that I previously knocked on the door, um, 
this, he was from Uzbekistan. And the reason I knew this, because when I was using my Google Translate, um, I assumed that he would, um, I was translating from English to Russian, but he seemed to not to know. And then he picked the Uzbekistani language, Uzbek, um, which I thought maybe people in Uzbekistan speak Russian, but I guess they don't, they don't. So um, he, I think he took pity on me because he um, went to completely different gate um, that was slightly to the side of that cafe building. And he managed to get, wake up this owner. And I, I just literally begged the owner to, can I just please, like any, any, any place with a roof, uh, I, I will uh, like, uh, I'll pay you for this. I will leave the moment I wake up and, uh, you know, you will not see me again, wherever any, and I took a picture of this room. This was just like a, he took me in. Oh, I'm so grateful for him. He took me in. There was this one bed that was just the simplest bed, just a frame, wooden frame, a bit of a mattress. And there was this really old looking uh, blanket. <laughs> and, <laughs> and this blanket was just amazing. And this bed was just, be- oh, it's just so beautiful. It's amazing I how such a simple thing, off. man, when you need it, is the best thing in the world, isn't it? Yeah, I took my shoes off. It was the first time in three days that I took my shoes off. Because oh I was sleeping in my shoes because I was, it was so cold inside those hangars that I just slept. I just, I just went in, in there. Uh, oh, and by the way, about my, my friend, he was next to me on that floor weeping, weeping. As in, as because in, he couldn't, like what, crying like a baby type of thing? Yes. Really, like, literally, like literally he, weeping. He no, yeah, because he he fell asleep, but his body was struggling, so he was like crying through sleep. My goodness me! It's in, I, and then I've been in a and, situation. Yeah. I know what you mean because I, I I I camped when I was younger, and I I didn't have the the proper stuff. It was too cold, and I I was so exhausted, and I remember that feeling of essentially falling asleep and my body would wake me up probably every 15, 20 minutes, probably because as a warning, right? Cause your body's mm. very smart and it knows that mm. if you probably continue to sleep, you could die or get hypothermia or something. So maybe mm. what he was going through was something similar, but worse. Yeah. And yeah. And yeah. And I mean, you see, and when we were in that rocket building as well, he, he asked me if he can, take the sleep my sleeping mat for that oh, night oh man that's different <laughs> what a situation but, to but be you in. know you know this is so it was so unfair this Yo, was you so told him to get because, one you told him to get one and like uh, yeah and you know in that moment you you really don't want to say i told you so i told you so but <sighs> i just looked at him and i and i said i can't Man, I I'm can't. I can't. I, I am struggling as it is. And I, 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 I feel you, but I can't. And, and yeah, and eventually um, I woke up. I went to uh, this cafe. 
and I had I had a tea and this soup with this potato inside. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Soviet. <laughs> oh man, this soup was be- it was delicious. Oh, was it actually delicious, or, or was it only delicious because of the situation you were in? I I, I don't know. I felt it felt <laughs> delicious. Just felt felt absolutely delicious. I um, then talked to the owner and asked him if he would could help me with some sort of taxi um, situation. And we obviously, I I when I went to that city, I. Um, started talking to the taxi driver and I made the deal with him that he would drive me to that location. And then um, two days later, at a certain time, uh, he would drive back to pick me up. So that was the, um, that was the, uh, the original uh, plan. And I, I wish I had opportunity to say sorry to that taxi driver because that didn't happen on the way back. And I'm sure he went there and wasted his time. I'm really sorry that this happened to him. Well, if, if he's out there listening, um, <laughs> yeah. you never know. <laughs> yeah. His English was slightly worse back then, but maybe he, he improved. Um, and, um, you know, um, at, in the morning, the very first thing I did before I went to, um, to eat um, and had that tea is I went on my... Um, on my Instagram and I try to figure out um, if there's any messages because me and him, we couldn't communicate. Our, um, I had, um, uh, I bought a, a SIM card. So I had a SIM card from Kazakhstan. He had his American number. So when we were trying to message each other, it would never deliver. So um, at some stage, um, I was obviously wondering if he was alive and I tried to check if, um, if anyone heard from him. And um, at some stage he called me mm. and yeah, in the morning. And I, um, I asked him, well, obviously what happened? And he told he got caught and he got, um, um, there was this Jeep that was, um, took him. And you know what, Nate? I saw this Jeep. This is one of, it was one of the scariest moments I had on my way back. So I had two phones and I would put, uh, um, on my way back because I was, I was, I was, um, uh, walking so fast. I would put one phone and put a flashlight on that phone because I know the phone flashlight is not very, um, uh, strong. The light is not very strong, but it was perfect for me to just at least see the ground in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I put this phone against between the strap and my belly. So just sit there. And as I'm walking, because now I'm walking on those dirt roads, you know, before I, we were walking in the desert. But this one, this time is middle of the night. I don't expect anyone to be there. I'm walking fast. And all of a sudden, I hear a bit of a noise. I turn around and I see this, see the two lights in the distance. And they obviously car lights. So I put my hands on that phone to cover the light and just literally threw myself into a ditch on the side of the road. Bad. And that car 
and pray and pray and pray <laughs> so that they that they didn't see me. Oh, and they, 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 they car, the car just drew past me. And I waited there for 10 minutes. And then I kept going again. And that was him. He was in that car. <laughs> so this guy got, got to some safe place way before me. Um, they obviously interrogated him and all that stuff. But it was funny that he called me in the beginning. Because I was thinking, would they start interrogating him in the middle of the night or would they allow him um, to sleep a bit? Allow him to sleep first. And um, there was a moment where I, um, it was over. It was literally over. Sorry, sorry. Um, what, what, what was over? I asked him, I asked him, um, so have they asked about me? Mm hmm. It wasn't the first question I asked. We were talking about, are you safe? Where, what happened? And then I asked him, so have you asked, they have they asked about me? Like, how did you get into there? You know, uh, who were you there with? And they, he said, no. And I was like, that, that, was re that was really strange because obviously it, on his phone and camera, there's, The evidence, the evidence that I was there is, 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 is uh, one of one, my regrets is that he has a video of me climbing on top of the, uh, the shuttle. What, and you've never received um, that? I've never received oh, that, no. Can't you contact no. him and say, hey, could you send, would he not send it to you or you've fallen out or something? Or? Well, well, so the thing is, um, when he said that he, they never asked about me and I said to him, um, but I'm all over your phone, pictures of me and all this. And he said, no, no, they never ask about you. So I, um, I said to him, I'm going to buy extra meal uh, here. And so when you arrive at this cafe, um, this guy will have extra meal for you. And that was it. And I um, then talked to the, to, the, to the owner. He got me a guy uh, to driving back to the city of this town um, and negotiating with the taxi driver took 45 minutes because I didn't want to pay him this outrageous amount of money uh, that he wanted. Um, so, but eventually he agreed to, to my price. I went there and I took my stuff from the hotel I booked uh, to check myself out and I booked myself to another hotel because I had one more day in that city and then following day I would be going back to to the airport and flying back um because I the plan I everything has been planned because I had seven days off and so everything has been planned for every day I had to be there in a certain point but the reason I did this because I was afraid that they will be coming with him to the hotel And what made me believe this is when he said they have not asked about me. But do you, do you think that the people interrogating him told him, hey, if you speak to that, that guy again, tell him that they haven't, uh, that, that we well, haven't asked? Or do you think he was just lying for his own agenda? I mean, why would he lie? It, I, I, don't, it, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand because I was, I was thinking that maybe they would be waiting for me at the hotel because, because they would be, maybe they would ask him like, where are you staying? And I don't really know how the, how all these things work when it, when it comes to like authority, who has authority, where, wherever, what happens when you get caught, that kind of thing. So I, I wasn't sure about all this. 
But you know what, Nate? I've already seen those shuttles. I've already seen the 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 the, 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 the rocket. I had the pictures. I I am not gonna risk losing this. I've done all this. Just so what? I can get arrested and lose all of that? No, no, that would no be terrible. No way, no way. Yeah. So even if I am maybe, uh, uh, I took it too seriously, or or maybe if he was even telling the truth, I was not willing to risk it. Mm. I was so um, careful mm. up to that point mm. that I just didn't want to to risk, um, and. Believe me, when I talk to other explorers who've done this afterwards, I was so lucky. Uh, my 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 friend uh, Nick Wonder from Denmark. He he was inside the Buran shuttle. Security man, a uh, military guy with a Kalashnikov, went inside and was waiting there for for three hours, listening to any noise. And he was he was lying on the ground motionless for three hours waiting for that guy to leave um some other some other guy was also at the top and they went all the way to the top and arrested them and so uh, akosh from from uh, hungary this happened to him so many people get so many different stories of how they got caught in that place i felt i was just so lucky that at the time they didn't come but you see the time i picked <laughs> It was, for me, it had kind of like a logical, um, the timing was very logical. I wanted to go there after they sent a rocket to space, just after the launch, a few days after. Because I felt like when you work in a company somewhere and you're working on some sort of project, the time leading up to the deadline is very stressful. Mm you know, people trying to finish this project because they have a deadline, right? So I felt like when there is a launch of a rocket, I feel like that's where the security is really tight and everyone is working really hard and trying to, you know, obviously send this rocket to space. But what happens after the project, after you deliver, mostly people kind of loosen up. Like most people relax relax mm. a little bit. Mm. And this is what I felt is going to happen, that I felt the security would relax a little bit just after the launch. Um, and no one, yeah, no one came to the hangar, but I saw the security jeeps um, sitting outside. So if I was one of those impatient people that would want to cross to the rocket building in the middle of the day, they would have seen me. Yeah, you would have been caught. I would have been 100%. Caught. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, um, that's basically the, the, the Buran story. Goodness me. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting half of that. I mean, that's just <laughs> my, my mind, and I'm sure the minds of my listeners have been absolutely blown by by that journey back. <laughs> it was just fun. That, that, that's like a podcast in itself. Nay. Nate, Nate, I have to say, you know, because uh, I, I saw you, I saw you doing this really amazing intro at the beginning, and I'm very opposite to you. I do um, in my intros afterwards, I edit afterwards, and you are so professional with this, and I feel like you maybe need to revisit that and like prepare people because when people see the amount of time and they would give up on this, I, I feel like you need to give them a little bit of a 
um, a warning, <laughs> maybe like a warning, and 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 say like if you stay till the end, you will hear the cool Buran story. I, yeah, I, I I think I think uh, I I might actually include that in the title, or or even or definitely in the show notes right at the beginning. I'm gonna have to say, hey, stay to the end immediately because yeah, it, I think the, the best <laughs> the best has been saved to to last absolutely. And uh, I can't thank you enough, man. Just, just finally, I mean, where can people obviously find more about you and, and your other work? Because I'm sure people are going to be thinking, man, I want to follow this guy and what he does. I want to see more of him. Uh, yeah. So thank you for that. Uh, so uh, Instagram, uh, Greg Abandon on Instagram is like where I would regularly at least once a week post uh, pictures. Um, gregabandon.com is something that I've been working really hard these days on to try to put more and more stuff on it. So that's where you would find kind of all the links to the podcast, the mini series. I do uh, a podcast where I interview explorers. It's called Chasing Bandos. And you could listen to literally any episode because they are not really in any kind of order. Um, uh, and uh, maybe there will be an explorer that you 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 find. I think it is a nice little way to, to, to um, engage with the community is to um, check out the name of the Instagram page. I always in, include that in the in the notes or in the title, and see the pictures of the explorer on Inst- on Instagram, and then actually listen to his interview because it gives the context behind the pictures. I many times I ask about oh what happened when you went to this place, and we refer it to the to the gallery they have on Instagram. Uh, we have the uh, Chernobyl mini series, of course. We had the Buran mini series where I interview other explorers who went to Buran. That's where the Marcus and the snake bite. Snake oh, yeah. bite. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, all that stuff is in there. And I also have, um, I, I wanted to mention this if I can, um, North Korea mini series. This is slightly wow. different thing. Awesome. Um, uh, because I went to North Korea in 2019. But I guess you have to invite me back for, for that one. Um, but yeah, so I've been fascinated with North Korea for since my early 20s. So I, I wanted to kind of find the excuse to, um, to talk about this on, on, uh, on, on my podcast. So I maybe uh, uh, put this under the umbrella of like dark tourism, which can kind of be like an urbex kind of thing. Oh, lovely. Um, so, yeah, maybe, so another time, this- maybe another time you could come back and we could do one on North yeah. Korea, man. That sounds fascinating. Yeah, and um, yeah, certainly, yes, that place is crazy. So um, yeah, all of that stuff you can you can find on the website. Um, I think the easiest way to get the book is uh, look at the website. Uh, there is a link to Abandoned China. There's a link how you can buy the book. Um, this is something I'm really proud of. It's not your typical coffee table book with pictures, uh, and those are great, but I wanted to have a book where you can hear the stories that the pictures just... Um, kind of follow the story so you can you have a bit of a reference to what i'm describing about with the um i've done so many places uh, that i had to um you would basically have to go to the gym to pick up this book this book would be too big so i had to divide (laughs) them into three different uh, types of uh, basically book one book two and book three book one has abundance a chinese space rocket power plants factories trains ships planes cars and bicycle graveyards um and um yeah book two will focus on other things like uh hospital schools ghost towns the actual ghost towns not like just the developments uh movie sets theaters temples hotels and um 
And book three is actually just about the theme parks because this is the most common abandoned location in China. It's crazy. I have no idea. Um, I need to research this. Obviously, this is going to be the last one I'm going to write about. China has uh, indoor, outdoor theme parks, amusement parks, um, in uh, water parks. It's just so many. I've done I've done so many that when I um, started to write uh, write this book, I realized this has to be a separate book. And there are some few places that um, are miscellaneous. I cannot put them in any category, so I'm going to put them those. So book one is out now. Book two, hopefully next year. That's the plan. And um, yeah, I um, yeah, that's probably the, the the best way to 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 find me. Awesome, man! That was totally comprehensive information. So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> man, absolutely <laughs> awesome. I can't honestly, I cannot thank you enough for your time. It's I mean, we've been chatting for like over three hours. It's been fascinating. Every little mm. bit of it. Um, I've enjoyed our time together, man. And yeah, hopefully we can do it another time, mm. maybe on North Korea or something. Uh, I know you're mm. very busy, but yeah, another time uh, you can come back yeah. and we can talk about something else. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, again, thank you for um, for having me. I, I've done many interviews, uh, Nate, but uh, I feel like the way uh, you pick up on what your guest is saying and how you can um, ask really interesting questions, uh, it's, it's really great. And I will take any, take, definitely take point uh, from you on that uh, for, for my own podcast so yeah no no you you also have been really great yeah so thank you oh thanks man that means so much so much to me indeed my guest today was greg abandoned well i'm sure you're all in absolute fascination i'm kind of uh <laughs> i'm kind of speechless myself it's been over three hours and uh yeah we've loved listening to greg and his insane stories do check him out on the link that i'm going to leave in the show notes where you can follow him and his work and even see pictures of some of these incredible abandoned places that he's visited well if you've enjoyed today's episode please do share it with a family member or friend who you think would get something out of it and if you haven't already please do leave us a review on apple Podcasts or spotify and don't forget to follow and hit the bell notification there if you haven't done so already my name is nate ralph and you've been listening to the inquisitive tourist <laughs>